radio? Yes, talk radio. So boring, man. April 8th, I definitely had to look up what day of the week it was. Um, I am James Cole of the Laced Up Hockey Podcast, coming to you live from quarantine. The, the interesting thing would be, I know the date now, but what day of the week is it? That's what I mean, yeah. Yeah, had no like idea. I, I, do you don't know? Oh, I had Man, to look it up. It's, it's, it's crazy. I was out for a walk, because um, that's what I do now. And uh, I was walking by the Da Vinci, and there was a bunch of cars outside there. And I'm like, um, why is there an event going on right now? We should all be separated. What are you doing? And then I realized it's spaghetti takeout, and they were doing like a drive-through system and bringing it out to like a table, and then you would come out of your vehicle, pick it up off the table, get back in your car, and drive away. Yeah, all is all is good. But for a second, I thought there was like a wedding at the Da Vinci. I'm like, how is that legal? You know? That's wild. Yeah, but it all turned out good. No one's no one's getting married, so everyone can rest easy knowing that um, love will have to wait another day. Good. Yeah. How are you? Coping. Good. I'm. Uh, <laughs> I'm done school now, so I uh, spent the day cleaning my room because it it needed one, and I I was you know I I find every year, regardless of uh, quarantine or not. Um, <laughs> I wait until the well, end whether of it's the a semester. quarantine year or not, you know, like it's, it doesn't yeah. really matter if it's one of them quarantine years. Yeah, I always yeah, wait till the end no. of the semester well, and I, I do a good clean. No, so. I I agree with you. And generally, I clean around the end of a semester too. Um, the second semester, usually, whether or not I'm in school, um, that James is called spring cleaning. So, mm. Mm. yeah. <laughs> There actually is a technical term for that, so that's fair. Um, yeah, no. Otherwise, I'm, I'm I'm all right. You know, it's 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 fine. It's 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 been it's been better than I thought it was going to be at this point. Mm. I don't know about you. I don't know. I I I had a bad. I had a not great day yesterday. To be honest with you, it was the first one where it was like. Uh, like not not like depressed or anything, but just like I was like agitated from the get-go like I was just like fuck like another day of this and so today I had to make an effort to do like some different things than what I have been doing to kind of change things up uh but Mm. it still consisted of a whole lot of nothing so I don't know it's it's fine it doesn't seem like it's nearing anywhere close to an end so it's just day by day yeah Nothing more you can do, except what you could do is if you're looking for something to cheer you up, you could go mm. to your favorite hockey podcast and hear them mm. talk about something that isn't hockey. Yeah, and uh, the the advertisement doesn't work so well when it's in the episode. Well, uh, maybe I'm speaking to future episodes. Who's to say? Okay. Okay. <laughs> it's like. It's like... 
you're watching an episode of Modern Family just being like, catch Modern Family Wednesdays at 8.30 on ABC. It's like, well, yeah, that's what I'm watching right now. Henry and Anne have problems uh, galore on tomorrow's episode of The Tudors. <laughs> I thought uh, I thought that was your guess at the at the at the husband and wife's name on Modern Family. I uh, know. So yeah, we're gonna we're gonna you know what the, the Laced Up Hockey Podcast, uh, uh, Bruce and I, big big fans of um, of March Madness, and uh, part of that love is filling out brackets. And who doesn't love a good bracket? Um, we've done one already. We've seen a lot on the internet. Um, some other podcasts that you listen to uh, may be doing them. Uh, I know a few that I listen to are. So we thought that we would bring you a little uh, a little mini series. Um, sure. Uh, within the quarantine day to day lifestyle that uh, we're all finding ourselves in, and and uh, we can just sit here and argue about arbitrary things that really don't matter and and compare things that probably don't need to be compared uh all for the sake of our uh, entertainment now what i think is going to be fun about this is i have seen uh all the options we have for brackets and i have looked at the brackets themselves i even compiled one myself um but i don't know what particular bracket we're doing today so we're going in super blind and i think that that's the way to go well, I'm going yeah. in super blind. I guess you know because you picked the bracket, but I do. I, I do, in fact, know the bracket. Um, and today's episode, uh, as as everyone at home already knows, because they clicked on the episode, um, we're going to do the uh, greatest comedy films of Ooh. the uh, of the nice. past uh, fifty years. Yeah, so. try to try to get you a little bit of a uplifting um, tone here, I guess. Yeah, something to laugh about during your jury day. Hmm. Um, so I, I, sh- I should mention that uh, unlike our last uh, bra- uh, bracket that we did, um, we are doing uh, the full 64 uh, seating, yeah. and we're also doing a, uh, a play-in round. Uh, so a couple uh, couple categories uh, over the next few episodes, we'll, we'll have uh, you know some some options that maybe deserve mention, but. Uh, you can't uh, can't leave somebody out. So uh, we've got uh, essentially uh, 17 options uh, for our categories. Uh, for the films, uh, we're breaking them down into decades. So we've got the 70s and 80s bracket, the 90s bracket, the 2000s, and of course the 2010s. Now, which is uh, which is over now, I guess. What what I think is particularly interesting is the fact that for the 90s, which I initially kind of thought of as like the modernization of comedy, like the making of comedies as we know them now, and then going through it and realizing that it, like, arguably is the worst decade for comedy movies of the last, like, 50 years. <laughs> like, fair. like yeah. there's a lot of good ones, but it really drops off, and, and, and I mean, there are a few cuts that I'm sure people will, will disagree with, but whatever. You, you can't please everyone, and that's the thing with comedy, but I tried to go when I made this bracket, um, kind of a combination of popularity versus, like, not just popularity, but universal acceptance, like something that everyone finds funny, because just because everyone's seen it and is, like, very familiar with it, um, such as, like, you know, and we'll get there, is, like, Anchorman. Everyone's familiar with it. It was a cultural phenomenon, but, like, does it still hold up? And I would argue that it doesn't quite hold up as well as maybe we thought it would. So, 
you know, I, I kind of try to combine those things versus, you know, like I went on Rotten Tomatoes. I took a look at what the scores that it got on there. I took a look at some critics and I, I put a lot of effort into it. So um, I'm sure that that will fuel the fire for everyone to make fun of it even more, knowing that I actually spent time and didn't just throw it together. It's, it's, you know what? I, I think under normal circumstances, we would definitely roast you to sure. the uh, ends of the earth, but you've got sure. nothing else to do in your life. So yeah, it's probably one of the five most productive things I've done in the last three and a half weeks. So please let me have this. Uh, speaking of things that uh, don't hold up uh, well, uh, did you want to start with the seventies and eighties uh, uh, decade? Um, sure. Yeah. Why? Why yeah. not? Take yeah, I guess we back. could go in order of time. Um, and time keeps just, on slipping. For those of you who aren't actually looking at the bracket right now, because we will tweet it out once the episode airs, so you can kind of you know see uh, how we got to where we end up, but. The 70s and 80s are one division, as James said. That is on the same side of the bracket, on the left side of the bracket, as the 2000s. And we have the 90s up against the 2010s on the right-hand side. So, um, just so you can kind of visualize it. But yeah, no, I'm down. Let's start with 70s, 80s. Alright. So, I I guess the natural course of action is to start with the play-in game. Mm. Uh, Battle for the 16 seed. Um, uh, We've got... uh, 1974's Young Frankenstein going up against 1989's Uncle Buck. Yeah, um, I really like Uncle Buck, but I think Young Frankenstein is a, uh, is a Young Frankenstein. Yeah, it's Young, it's, it's, it's Young Frankenstein for sure. It's just, it's just influential and, um, yeah, so, okay. Yeah. So, one verse 16. Poor young Frankenstein. Uh, yeah, not I've got bad news for Frank. On this one, um, no, yeah, uh, not not going to be much of a, a competition. Taking on Airplane from 1980. Yeah, um, it's uh, it's it's yeah. fucking Airplane. Yeah, the yeah, fact that was... like the scene where uh, the lady's hysterical in the chair and they're coming up to her and telling her to snap out of it, and there's just like a big long line of people that just keep coming up to her and like hitting her and stuff like that. Um, the fact that someone turned that into a meme of just being like 2016, 2017, 2018, 2019, and then 2020 comes up and slaps her in the face, and then it like pans back to the line, and all the other people in line are 2020, so it's just like a, a meme of how 2020's beaten the shit out of all of us. Uh, relevant then, relevant now. Um... I guess it's easier if we just go in order from our, our top down. So we'll, we'll start with yeah, well, 8 so. verse 9. Got the 8 verse 9. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we got Monty Python, The Life of Brian from 1979, taking on the Naked Gun uh, from the Files of Police Squad. That's, that is the first Naked Gun film because uh, they uh, were very confusing in the uh, numeric order of their uh, sequels. So uh, just to avoid any confusion there, 1988's The Naked Gun at 9. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going the naked gun here. It's the naked gun for sure. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's like two, two, two brackets in a row. How do, how do you argue with uh, Liz and Nielsen? It's, you can't. You can't. It's un, it's un-Canadian of you. Uh, moving right along, uh, the number five bracket, planes, trains, and automobiles from 1988, taking on, uh, who framed Roger Rabbit from the same year. Mm-hmm. Um, personally, I'm a, I'm a Roger Rabbit fan. 
Um, oh yeah. I I I, th- I think planes, trains, and automobiles. Is, it's it's a good film. Um, I I. I was surprised to see it as as high a, a seed as it is. Um, uh, that's not really a you know. It, it, there's an argument to be made, I guess, that it's one of the better eighty films. But I don't know. I got a soft spot for Roger uh, Roger Rabbit, and I think, I um, think the, the reason why that you know airplanes, trains, and automobiles is looked at and revered so much now is just because it still holds up. Where I'm, I, I guess Roger Rabbit does too, but I think that Planes, Trains, and Automobiles maybe was one of those movies that gained more popularity as time went on. Um, you might be right. I don't know. I, I, I can't say I've seen it enough times to really effectively have a, a hard opinion on the film. I've, I've seen it. It's it's fine. Um, I thought it was funny. It's, but yeah. Mm-hmm. I, it's, the more uh, I see Roger it, the more I, I find it funny. I, I genuinely think it's... Uh... It's among my favorite '80s, '70s, and '80s comedy movies. Which, again, I made the bracket, so maybe that's why it. Maybe it's higher than it should be. But uh, I'm going planes, trains, and automobiles. You're going Roger Rabbit. I mm-hmm. assume. Okay. Yeah. So we have our first tie, and what we have decided because um, I did not want John's opinion on any of this, is we did not ask his opinion. So uh, what we're going to do is just we're going to roll a dice. So basically, it's up to you. I have a um, number generator. Here, random.org, uh, which I use for a lot of things. And uh, it just a glorified calculator is all that is. So, um, yeah, do you want odds or evens? And if it rolls an, an odd or an even, then uh, if, if you get your number, then... I'll, I'll take odds for the entirety of the uh, of the okay. episode. How's that? Right. I, I, I'm good with that. I'm rolling the dice. And we got a one. So, Who Framed Roger Rabbit is getting, uh, is getting, are you, oh, yeah, Who Mm Framed Roger Rabbit gets, uh, gets the go there, I guess. Uh, 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 condolences to planes, trains, and automobiles. Yeah, I'm, Uh, I'm unhappy, but what are you gonna do? Um, Ghostbusters, four seed against Coming to America, a 13 seed. Um, look, I, I, I like Ghostbusters. Um, uh. Uh, I I will I will say Ghostbusters is the better comedy, but I like Coming to America better. I'm not. That's surprising. I'm not the biggest Ghostbusters guy, to be honest with you. I think it's like one of the um, most famous comedy movies that I've just never really gotten into. I I don't I don't really find it as funny as people do, but I'm also willing to admit that you know almost everyone thinks it's fucking hilarious. So uh, I'm I'm probably wrong. <laughs> I I definitely didn't see it being a four seed. Um, I'm kind of there with you. Like I don't I don't think it's as funny as people think it is, but it's it's Bill Murray. <laughs> like mm-hmm. you're gonna get some gold on that factor alone. So I, I I didn't really like coming to America all that much. Um, oh no, it was it was fine. It was it's okay. Maybe hot take here. Uh, my favorite Eddie Murphy movie. Wow. Oh. I don't know if I have a favorite Eddie Murphy. That's a, that's a good question, actually. Dolomite was really good, though. But I remember Doctor Doolittle when I was a kid. That was cute. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes, Daddy Daycare. Who's who's <laughs> who's he in that with? Is it Jeff Garland? No, it's uh, Steve Zahn. What? Why do I remember da- Daddy Daycare? Fuck! I remember going to see that movie with my aunt. Good times. Oh, you know what? We're both right. 
Jeff Garland and Steve Zahn are in that. <laughs> nice. <laughs> right, he has two buddies, not one. <laughs> right. You know, you can have more than one friend, eh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well. Okay, so are we taking Ghostbusters on that one? Uh, yeah, I'm willing to admit it's the better movie, I guess. All right. Uh, six seed Ferris Bueller's Day Off against number 11 National Lampoon's Vacation from 1983. Uh, it is Ferris Bueller's Day Off for me. Oh, yeah. In, yeah. in a cakewalk, I think. Yeah. Uh, all respect to the Griswolds. Um, we're, we'll get there. <laughs> Three seed Monty Python and the Holy Grail from 1975 against 14 seed Caddyshack. Chevy Chase again. Uh it's, wow. the, it's the Holy Grail. Yeah, it, it's the Holy Grail. I it's mean, a like cakewalk too. I I, th- I think Caddyshack is getting the raw end of the deal here in a sense, but that's like if there is one defining Monty Python film, it is the Holy Grail, yeah. and uh, it it's almost a perfect comedy. So I don't love Caddyshack either, to be honest. So I love everyone in it. And I love the idea of it. For some reason, it's just doesn't. I don't know. It doesn't hold up. I don't. I don't think so. It's right there with planes, trains, and automobiles for me. So okay, fair enough. Yeah. I, I I respectfully disagree. Uh, number seven, Blazing Saddles from 1974, up against number ten, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation from 1989. <laughs> if uh, if you had can't believe it's a ten seat at home, uh, I'm right there with you. Too high or too low? Way too low. <sighs> yeah, it's the greatest I mean, film of the it's the greatest film of the decade. <laughs> I all right. I I'm I'm taking it. I'm not going to argue against it. I like I'm taking it over Blazing Saddles. Blazing Saddles. Don't get me wrong. I can respect it for what it definitely was at the time. Um, it uh, it doesn't hold up anymore, unfortunately. It does not. No, no, um, and I, I, I'm noted non-Christmas fan kind of guy, and uh, I love this movie. So mm-hmm. that should, that should speak volumes. Well, yeah, I think it's I, I think I think it's the only fucking Christmas movie on the list, if I if I remember correctly. So yeah, it better be. Uh, number two, this is Spinal Tap from 1980 against number 15, The Breakfast Club. I, I don't get me wrong, I love me a good John Hughes flick. There have been several on the list. I'm not sure. I, I think more of them lost than won, but um, I'm I'm definitely going Rob Reiner's This Is Spinal Tap because it's well documented of being one of mine and James's favorite comedy movies. So um, you don't even really need to consult you on that one. I don't think Jimbo is the Breakfast Club a comedy. It is uh, considered a comedy. Yes. I've I've never now, really found it to be that funny. Here here's the thing is is you know the intention behind this list is movies that were made with the sole purpose of being comedic, and the issue was in the '80s that a lot of these movies had underlying messages. And The Breakfast Clubs I think hits you over the head a little bit more than it than it maybe should be to be considered a comedy. But I I know for sure it was meant to be just as funny as it is angsty and. Okay. Technically a comedy. That's fair, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Um, do you want to stick out the 70s, 80s, or move somewhere else for the 
the first round. Oh, uh, no, I guess let's get through the 70s and 80s. Let's maybe get it down to the at least the Elite Eight. All right. Okay, so second round, uh, we got the top seat airplane uh, from 1980 going up against uh, the Naked Gun from 1988. I'm going to go airplane. I just recently watched uh, Naked Gun again. I think if you were to ask me five, ten years ago, I probably would go Naked Gun, but I'm willing to admit that Airplane is the superior film. Gonna agree with you on that one. It's like I'm I'm right there with you. Naked Gun growing up for me, all three of them were very much on repeat in the Cole household. So uh, I, I have a fond appreciation for it. But I mean, every time I you th- watch Airplane, I I think what I like the most about the Naked Gun is the fact that it's it's. A, it's kind of one lane, like it's all sort of making fun of police um, movies and and just, you know what I mean, the detective business and things like that. Making fun of old crime movies from, you know what I mean, the 60s and 70s and stuff like that. It picks one lane and there's three movies where there's like a joke every 10 seconds. And it, it, it seems like it would get repetitive, but it doesn't at all. And I, I think that's why I like The Naked Gun a little bit more. Is that It's just, it's so, I think it's better at sticking to, like, one lane. Whereas Airplane, I think, is just more of a versatile comedy. There's different types of humor. Um, you know what I mean? There's different... I mean, there's different themes within the movie, even though they're all trapped on an airplane. There's, a, you know, a bunch of other types yeah. of jokes rather than the naked gun just kind of being, like, sex and, and deadpan sort of jokes, like, over and over again. I, I still prefer it, but I, I think Airplane's a better movie. Oh, I'll agree with you. All right, we got uh, the four seed Ghostbusters taking on the twelve seed Who Framed Roger Rabbit. I'm gonna go Who Framed Roger Rabbit here, James. Uh, from a comedy perspective, I am um, I'm going to agree. I think Ghostbusters yeah. is a better film, but I think Roger Rabbit is funnier. Well, it, it, but if you're looking for a good laugh, what's the movie you'd you'd rather put on? Roger Rabbit. Okay, then then I would yeah. say Roger Rabbit. I think I think you're underselling. Like I think you're. You're almost giving Roger Rabbit not enough credit there, though, when you say it's not as good of a film. Because, like, I think it actually is the better movie. I I, I honestly think Ghostbusters might be the funnier movie, but um, I, I kind of see it the other way as you. But I think Roger Rabbit is so creative. Um, it's the first movie of its kind, as far as I know. Paved the way for Space Jam and things like that. You know, those movies exist later on without this one probably but it's it's the first real sort of um spoofy movie that mixes animation and and uh and live shot you're probably right i can't think of one before that so not that i know of anyway no so yeah i think i think it's genius i think i think it's a good movie all right that takes us to uh the three seed monty python the holy grail versus uh ferris bueller's day off uh I have a very soft spot for Ferris Bueller's Day Off. It is among my favorite comedies, again. Talking in terms of 80s, it's probably, I don't know, my third favorite on this list. Like, Spinal Tap and Christmas Vacation, I think, are the the two for sure that I would take. And then probably Ferris Bueller's Day Off in terms of my own, you know, personal taste. It's probably got to be the Holy Grail, though, I think. It's, it's just, uh... It's just so... It's such a pioneering movie. Like it, it again. It paves the way for, for other things. It it almost it almost paves the way for like Spinal Tap and shit like that that we're getting to and like Airplane and stuff like that. Those I don't think they exist without Monty Python's work. 
is all. That's fair. Yeah. I never thought about that way before. And but... in terms of the film, you know, this is their crown achievement and therefore I like I, I don't know. I I think if you're looking for a laugh, um it's the funnier movie, the better the the question is what's the better picture? It's probably Ferris Bueller's Day Off. So what, you know what I mean? How do you weigh the combination? I don't know. I, you're probably right. I think Ferris it's Ferris Bueller is the better film. For sure but it is. I I I still laugh. Like, Hot take. I, I know uh, like, exactly what's coming. And yeah, I, I think it's John Hughes's best movie. I'm not gonna lie. I, I think it is his best movie. And you know, very, I would agree. Very clearly, he's quite influential. So um, yeah. yeah, I don't. I don't know. I'll. 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 I'm still gonna go Monty Python and the Holy Grail. I I agree. There it is. Three seed moving on. Uh, that leaves us with uh, two versus oh, ten with God. Final Tap no. and Christmas Vacation. What a Sophie's choice we have here. <sighs> it's Spinal Tap. Yeah. Uh, it's uh, it's still Christmas, I, and I still I, don't like Christmas. I've so never seen... Any, like, Let me just put, put it this way. I've never seen any movie more than I've seen National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. I've never watched a movie more, unless, unless, like, because I haven't seen Shrek in, like, 20 years, but holy man, did I ever beat the hell out of that the first year and a half it was out. So, maybe that is still I've seen more, but, um, I still don't think I've seen a movie more than National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Spinal Tap's the better movie, for sure. No, it is. Yeah. And funnier. So... Um, Alright, that uh, that brings us down to the top three, and Roger Rabbit. Uh, so we've got Airplane <laughs> at one. Wow! What a, what a, what a Cinderella story. story. Do you, did you know that I didn't have Roger Rabbit in the regular seating until, like, the day I told you that the bracket was ready for you to look at it? Like, I, I had it as the play-in option, and the more I thought about it, and I, and I watched, like, half an hour of it the other night. It was on, like, one of the old movie channels, too. And, uh, yeah, I was just watching it, and I'm just like, yeah, this deserves the nod. And look at it. Look at it go. Who would have thought? Nice. Not me. run here. Yep. Yeah. Um, um, air, airplane in a cakewalk. <laughs> 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 like, who are we fucking kidding here? <laughs> It's not even close. Yeah, it's not even... It's, <laughs> it's not even the same conversation. Uh, like, all credit to Who Framed Roger Rabbit, a.k.a. Loyola Chicago here, um, but it's it's not getting through. Uh, that might stand as the lowest seed to make it to the Sweet 16, not gonna lie, so... It, it's it's yeah. gonna be interesting, James. <laughs> we'll see. Um, and that leaves us with the 2-3 uh, between Spinal Tap and uh, the Holy Grail. I will take Spinal Tap. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'll 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 concede to Spinal Tap in in a in a manner of speaking. Uh I I think Monty Python was like the first film growing up where I started to realize like at a young age that comedy was so much more than just guys getting on and, and making jokes and shit like this. Like like Monty Python, that movie is uh, transgenerational. Like it it holds up today just as oh. well as it did back in oh, the mid seventies. Sure. So I I agree completely. Uh, hard to see it go for sure. Yeah, but, no, it's uh, a tough one. Tap. 
But I mean, okay. like here, here's the thing: is is you you take a look. I think deadpan, deadpan finds a way to exist quicker than the mockumentary. And without Spinal Tap, like like you know, I, I'm sure eventually we get you know the Office and and fucking shit like that. But like, if Spinal Tap wasn't as successful as it, I, I like I don't know how well the mockumentary format would have evolved they kind of not just said you can make this movie where it's a it's a joke of a mockumentary or a joke of a documentary but you can also do it this way and it'll be successful and they kind of found a way to do it with that through narrative and it's just genius i think so um they're both incredibly influential like those are really strong two and three seeds for sure yeah Uh, that's a, a, a hugely difficult matchup, uh, as far as I'm concerned. I, like any one of those top three seeds could win this bracket, and I'd be fine with it. So, okay, okay. So let's uh, let's jump to the 2000s, and we'll yep. come back to the uh, Elite Eight uh, when we're all caught up. So for the 2000s, we got the play-in uh, matchup. We got Hot Fuzz from 07 versus Team America from 04. Mm-hmm. Uh, two films that I did not in particularly enjoy. So, um, it, it's hot fuzz. I I have incredible admiration for what Team America is, but it, it's hot fuzz. Um, sure, yeah. You are you more of a Team America guy? You don't you don't really I'm, like either of them, so I don't like either. So if it's if it's going to come down to me flipping a coin to have me win it's it's really not worth it as far as i'm concerned i i thought team america was maybe a little bit better but only because it was a bunch of puppets and that was kind of unseen before in in, in the manner in which they did there team america's although very creative hot fuzz sort of perfected the cop comedy in a way i i i think it's 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 probably my favorite comedy movie about law enforcement up until the 2010s as we'll get mm. to later <laughs> yeah i don't know uh we can stick with hot fuzz then it's uh to the... it's got a freaking <laughs> it's yeah. got a uh juggernaut of uh one seed doesn't really matter who uh who wins that because they're going up against super bad at the one seed from the 2008 now so Super you know, hot fuzz. this maybe isn't as cut and dry as people think. I didn't like Superbad the first time I saw it. Um, the other 39 times I've seen it, though, I fucking loved it. So <laughs> it's uh, it's that, super bad. That's actually wildly surprising. I don't know why I didn't like it the first time. I don't I don't remember what the issue was with it, but I fucking love it. So yeah, uh, super bad in a in a cakewalk. Yeah, it's it's super yeah. bad for sure. Uh, eight seed Anchorman: The Legend of Ron Burgundy against a nine seed Mean Girls. Now I'm gonna I'm gonna explain this f- briefly. First off, without a without a doubt, this is the toughest division. That's what I need to say. If if you're just 
if you're not looking at the bracket and you're just kind of listening to this and you're finally getting to this point of the episode, this is for sure the hardest bracket. So when we say Anchorman's an eight seed, it's a fucking strong eight seed. It's a very good eight seed. It could have easily, you know, it could have if it won a few uh, tournaments during the season, it might have finished a little bit higher. But it, it didn't. You know, it ha- it came out soft on the road a few times and uh, it faded towards the end of the season. If you kind of follow my analogy here, um, basically what I'm saying is that I don't think Anchorman is as funny as we thought it was when it first came out. It's still very funny. But some of the humor is dated, and the other issue is, and this is very important, you need to listen to this, we quoted it too much. Not you, James, because I know you don't particularly love it, or didn't love it when you first saw it. Everyone beat every joke in this movie to death, to the point where I think I watch it now, and it's just like, I don't, I don't think it's funny anymore, really. Like, I, I... Among Will Ferrell movies that I love, it's one of the ones I'm least likely to go and watch. Yeah, was never really my favorite film. Um, I kind of had the opposite, or like maybe the reverse is better word. Like I'm watching it recently, I've I've appreciated it more than when it came out, just because I like the actors in it. Like I I love every person in that film, mm-hmm. and oh, I don't really know where cast. it lost me when it came out. It just it never really hit home. Um, I actually like the sequel better than I like the first one, and that's almost blasphemous to speak out loud. So yeah, no, the, sec- the um, second one was better than I think uh, we thought it was going to be. I'm going Mean Girl. I am also going Mean Girls. There it is, Mean Girls. She doesn't even go here. Yeah, Riffing it's on. the fucking funnier movie. Like it's it's yeah, hilarious. It's funny. It, is, it is absolutely hilarious. It's fucking great. All right, uh, the five seed, uh, the forty-year-old virgin from two thousand five versus old school from 03 at twelve. Yeah. Do you want me to go? I sure. It's old school. Yeah. Um, I I I have noted many times that I think old school is one of my favorite comedy films. Having said that, the movie itself is really not good. Um, it's one of those, and and part of the reason why I love the Vince Vaughn, Will Ferrell group of, of comedy is the plots are just fucking insanely ridiculous. You know what I mean? Like, the, the plots are just insane. <laughs> and, oh, it doesn't make a lot of sense. The plot of this movie is more insane than the movie where they go to the fucking World Dodgeball Championships because someone bet their gym on you know what i mean like i think this plot is more insane than the fucking dodgeball movie i genuinely believe that the 40 year old virgin and i think people in in general would back me up on this i think it gets funnier with time i think it's got a lot of timeless humor to it um and and I'm someone who doesn't really find I, I've said this before I find sexual humors really tough it, it, it's it's you, you got to be real careful with it much like sex and so <laughs> like to me there's so many times where those jokes miss it is incredibly hit and miss this movie fucking nails it on the head man like it, it, it's it's just. It's so perfect. It, it, it takes a lot of what makes Superbad great 
and kind of like it, it kind of paved the way for super bad, I guess in a way. And, um, yeah, I don't know. I think this movie is really the biggest other than the office. This is what made Steve Carell. This is kind of the movie that sort of paved the way for Seth Rogen. Like, like this movie kind of made some stars too. I'm going the 40 year old version here. I think it's the, I think it's funnier and it's better. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so um, I, I will go to our dice here. You, sorry, yeah. you are odds, right? I am odds. All right. And we got a four, so that is even. It will be the 40-year-old virgin, my good sir. All right. Mm-hmm. All right. I, I, I don't feel bad losing the 40-year-old virgin. It's, no. a, it's a great film. Like, like look, if there's going to be a hill that we're going to die on in this part of the bracket, this is one where it's, like, fine to lose. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> like, you, you tell yeah, me that sure. you you tell me you don't like forty year old virgin. Get the fuck out of here. True. Uh, four seed hangover versus uh, the thirteen forgetting Sarah Marshall. I have never had a movie shock me when I went to see it the way the hangover did. Yeah, like uh, like going into it, I expected fuck all, and it was incredibly hilarious. The problem with the hangover is that it has a little bit of Anchorman syndrome where we kind of beat it to death, but I think it holds up better. I think it's just genuinely a funnier movie. And um, so I still really like The Hangover. I love Forgetting Sarah Marshall, man. I think it's awesome. I'm going Forgetting Sarah Marshall here. Yeah, it's it's Hangover for me. Um, That's fine. I never like... really loved Sarah Marshall, and I, I went to see The Hangover, I think, four times in theaters. Yeah, no, I, I, went, I went at least three times. And I, I will say this about The Hangover, um, and I, I've told you this a few times. I can't remember if I told this on the podcast, but The Hangover was the movie I went to see in theaters in which the guys in the row, like two rows in front of me, somehow had snuck in a case of beer. And... What makes the story funny, if you're not laughing yet, is it was glass bottles. A 2-4 of glass bottles somehow got into this fucking movie theater. Now, if you're from Thunder Bay, our theater's not any different than any other movie theater. There's not much of a way in or out other than the front fucking door. Because when you go through those emergency exits in the theater, the fucking fire alarm goes off. So, unless you're incredibly stealth... There's not really any way to sneak it into there easily. What I'm thinking is a guy maybe draped his coat over it and just walked it in the front fucking door and no one noticed. But how does he get past the ticket guy, you know? I, I don't have the answers for you. Maybe there was an inside man. I, I don't know. <laughs> I guess, I guess, <laughs> an inside man. I guess what they could have done is, see, and like this is before the era where we had alcohol at the theater, so it's not even like they could have stolen it from the back room or something. I all, My only other theory is that they brought it in um, like a Trojan horse system or like, you know what I mean? Like, um, <laughs> like where it was just kind of like they each snuck in a six pack under their fucking, <laughs> under their coat. <laughs> and at the end of it, they ended up with 24 beers and it's like, okay, cool. <laughs> That's the only other thing I can fucking think of, man. I don't know, but I, I, I don't remember who I was with. But it it was legit. Like they had a fucking case of glass beers. I was uh, I was uh, at uh, my my old house on Mary Street. We had a a weekly garage band practice thing going on, and I remember the week that the Hangover came out, um, and forgetting like what day of the week it was, kind of thing. And we all like 
immediately put our shit down and we're like, we got to go see this film. And the, the four of us walked from my mom's house to uh, Silver City, which mm. is no small trek. No, not really. Um, this was like probably around 8 o'clock at night just to go see this film. And uh, now we showed for, up. For those who aren't aware, this is pre-quarantine, back when you did have time. Ooh, you didn't yes. really have Leave time house. to take an hour and a half walk somewhere. <laughs> there was a time um, where you had other things to do. Yeah. So we got to the theaters and it was sold out. And <laughs> so now we've just walked like a, a good 45 maybe to an hour uh, to the movies. And I honestly could not tell you what it was we sat down and watched, but it wasn't good. And then we had to walk back at like 1230 at night. <laughs> Fucking That's awful. That, that, is, that is horrendous. Yeah, and uh, as a result, I watched The Hangover in theaters three times after that. So that's fair enough. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, Hangover you, for me. You rolled a five, so The Hangover wins. Beautiful. Thank you, Brad the Cooper. Mm-hmm. Uh, six seed Wedding Crashers from two thousand five against eleven seed I Love You Man from two thousand nine. <sighs> this is a tougher one than I thought. Um... Because I should say this, although I I was late to the party on Wedding Crashers, I do find it really funny. Um, it's it's really fucking good, actually. I am probably gonna go. I love you, man. I think this is genuinely one of the most underrated comedy movies ever made. I I, it's like almost like a cult classic. But it's one of those movies I don't think it needs to be. Like, I think everyone can relate to this movie. It's just for some fucking reason not everyone saw it. I'll agree. Um, it's got Lou Ferrigno, man. Like, what the fuck, what fucking more could you need? It's got a great theme to it, too. Like, I, I appreciate what Wedding Crashers was. But, again, that's another film where it's like... The plot of the film is wildly ridiculous and doesn't make a ton of sense... Outside of like the idea, of, like that guy's crash. It's hard to crash a wedding. You um, can't. You can't just crash a wedding. Hey, it's one of their most sensical plots. Listen, I'm not chirping. They're my fa- Like they're probably my second favorite comedy group ever. Is the that fucking group like Ben Stiller and those fucking guys? But like, the plot is outlandish. <laughs> yeah. Whereas at least I Love You Man makes a little bit of sense. Like you know. Yeah, um, it's it's I, I still can get behind it. Yeah, it it it's more practical for sure. Uh, I'm going to yeah. love you, man. Uh, as am I. Okay. Three seed yeah, stepbrothers against 14 seed Pineapple Express. Are you feeling an upset? <laughs> I love a good upset. Um, I I have a feeling. Hear me out. That Pineapple Express. Pineapple Express might be this brackets 1983 NC State. This might be the little horse that could that fucking trucks all the way to the end, man. I think wildly fucking underrated movie. I seeded it where I did for a few reasons. Uh, Box office did factor into this as well. And it didn't do amazing at the box office. It's not incredibly rated on Rotten Tomatoes. It's not a movie that is, like, very talked about in the cultural zeitgeist of comedy movies. I think it's great. And honestly, I think Step Brothers is kind of fucking overrated. It is a terrible movie that has a lot of funny jokes. Like, Step Brothers like, is wildly overrated. 
like, when we're talking about nonsensical plots, look no fucking further at, at what I think is maybe the most nonsensical plot of a movie that people actually enjoyed. It, it, it is it is fucking insane, man. Like, it, it's got a lot of good jokes, but we we overdid it, and it doesn't hold up to me nearly as well. Um, that said, like, it's still fucking really funny. Like, it's, uh, you know, I'm not gonna sit here and shit-talk it completely. Like, it's still fucking hilarious, but... Um, I, I'm taking Pineapple Express as the 14th seat. As am I. Cool. Wow. Is. You got an 11 seat versus a 14 <laughs> seat in the fucking round of 32. Uh, seven, we got Borat versus 10, Tropic Thunder. Uh, Borat probably could have been a two or three seed, but again, I'm not sure it aged incredibly well, and I think we overdid it a bit. Um... It's still fucking genius, and again, it's one of those movies that took what Spinal Tap did and fucking, you know, um, took that foundation and perfected it. And Don't get me wrong, I, I think Borat's fucking great. I'll, I'll defend a lot of things about it. Uh, Tropic Thunder is wildly underrated in the cultural <laughs> zeitgeist because um, it, it initially bombed, like, in terms of critical acclaim and um, initially bombed at the box office, but, like, in, I don't know what happened, like, a week or two into it being in theaters, it, it kind of picked up some steam, and, um, a movie that we kind of just forgot about for a few years after it came out, because everyone was like, I don't know, this might be kind of problematic, and sure, parts of it definitely are, but, um, it's still great. The concept is genius. Any movie that can pitch two fake trailers to films that I would actually pay money to go see um, is well, worth well, well, itself. What do you mean you, you wouldn't see the third one? Because there were three fake trailers. There, there were. You wouldn't see uh, Fatties 2? I probably wouldn't go to Fatties 2. No? Hmm. I, I would go see Scorcher 8. Who left the fridge open? <laughs> this time it's personal. Again. Um, yeah, no, I, I think Tropic Thunder is basically like a movie that was just like, um, yeah, did you guys see Apocalypse Now? Do you guys remember the movie that they made about the making of Apocalypse Now? Well, what if Apocalypse Now went horribly fucking wrong and then the documentary was like really funny? And to me, considering like Apocalypse Now being one of the greatest movies ever made and The Heart of Darkness being one of the better documentaries ever made, yeah, it's fucking... It's great. Probably my favorite Tom Cruise role as well. That's fair. I, I don't concur, but that's fine. I, I'm taking Tropic Thunder for sure. Same. Same. Okay. Uh, number, number three two, upsets in a row. Number two, Meet the Parents uh, from 2000 against Dodgeball, a true underdog story from 2004. Do you smell four upsets in a row? Is Dodgeball the true underdog story? Uh, look, Brutes. A, a comedy movie bracket is only as good as its greatest underdog story. And for me, it's Dodgeball. Oh, you are taking Dodgeball. I am taking Dodgeball. Wow. Shit, I shouldn't have put it against Meet the Parents. <laughs> uh, I'm I'm for sure taking Meet the Parents. I love Dodgeball. I went as White Goodman for Halloween one year, but it's fucking it's Meet the Parents for me. Uh, so random.org gets the say... We've rolled a one. James has created madness. <sighs> Jesus. They don't call it mad. They don't call it March. Makes senseness. 
Mm, no, they don't. Well, I I really didn't expect to see two Ben Stiller movies uh, in the round of thirty-two for this bracket. But there are there, it is. there are more upset seeds in the uh, Sweet Six uh, in the thirty-two round than uh, there are top seeds. So mm-hmm. there, enjoy that. Super bad versus Mean Girls, one seed versus nine seed. Uh, it's super bad. It's super bad. But thanks for coming out, Mean Girls. You did great. Oh, I, you know what? I, I honor what you did. Yeah, big fan. This is a this is a tough one. This is a tough one because I, I, it was two tiebreakers, was it not? Uh, Forty old version against Hangover. Like yeah, like it both was. both had to go to overtime to get here, and we both fought for one and the other. I'm I'm taking the forty year old virgin, and I'm going to assume you're taking the Hangover. I'm taking the Hangover. Okay, so to random.org we go. What do we got? That is a... Wow, this fucking website sucks. Uh, it is a five. So the hangover wins out. That's fine. I'm not mad Bruce about that getting one, no love from the dice. No, that's... If I'm going to lose one, that's that's a fine one to lose. Uh, 11 seed, I love you, man, against 14 seed, Pineapple Express. I am taking Pineapple Express. I am an I love you, man, for sure. Ooh. All right. Fuck the dice, just determining, uh, you know, the greatest comedy <laughs> era of all time. No no big deal. Uh, it is a two, so we are the 14-seed Pineapple Express to the wow. Sweet 16. Forget what, I, forget what I said about Roger Rabbit, eh? Yeah. <laughs> are they going to be playing uh, Average Joe's Gym, or are they going to be playing Sergeant Fourleaf's Band of Fucking Misfits? <laughs> Um, I'm I'm for sure taking Tropic Thunder because I I don't think Dodgeball should have made it this far. So <laughs> I'll go Tropic Thunder as well. I, okay, it was a good it was a good run by the the underdog story. Yeah, yeah, that's that's crazy. Wow. And then uh, so I guess we got to battle it out here. Super bad or the hangover? What are you taking? One versus four, one seed super bad, four seed hangover. That is an insane matchup. Um Yeah, like I don't don't get me wrong. If if you're at home thinking about this, I tried to think of other ways to divide this bracket so it wasn't like era based. Um this was the best way to do it. I I, I, I wrote down like eighty movies and like like in brackets, put like three or four of their themes because you know I'm an English major, and uh, there's just there was no way to do it. I'm I'm not gonna lie to you. These are the two movies that are probably both like these are the two most relatable films as far as I'm concerned. Like how how many people can like say like yeah I had like a shitty night last night. I woke up I don't remember anything, and I'm <laughs> I'm missing. Yeah. This, this, and this. Actually, if you really and, think about it, like, these movies are about the same fucking thing. It's just the characters are different ages. <laughs> it's the same yeah, shit. Yeah, pretty much. Like, the, they had a bad night. They're trying to fucking pick up the pieces afterwards. <laughs> One, like, one's going to the party, the other one's coming from it. Yeah, so, yeah. It, it basically, super bad as if that drive into Ve- fucking Vegas took a lot longer. Yeah. <laughs> um... I'm going, I'm going super hangover. bad. Okay, you're going hangover. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, that's that's fine. I will roll the dice, and the dice is saying it has rolled a two. It will be uh, super bad. 
All right. Into the Elite Eight. Understandable. Actually, so the last one was a two, so I hit roll again, and it rolled a two, so I hit roll again, just to make sure that I had hit it the first time, and it it rolled a two again. Nice. So three twos twos in a row. I actually have the site rigged, so it just rolls twos. Uh, fourteen seed Pineapple Express against ten seed Tropic Thunder. How fuck? How did we fucking get here? <laughs> Either way, we're getting a, a double digit uh, uh, film into the uh, Elite Eight. So. That's why. Uh, that's why reseeding is a good thing. <laughs> yeah. Oh shit. <laughs> um. I wow. Tropic Thunder. Wow. For me. Oh, it might be. I gotta be honest with you, I think I'm going Pineapple Express here. <laughs> That's fucked, man. It's so fucking good, man. Like, it's it's just, again, like, so many different types of humor, but, like, and again, like, drug humor is tough, but if anyone's gonna tackle drug humor, it's that it's that group, I guess. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm taking it, but I'll be fine losing the tiebreaker here. I'll, I'll roll the dice. Hmm. And it is a five, so Tropic Thunder... Gets through to the Elite Eight. That's uh, Academy Award nominated Tropic Thunder to you. It, how, it, how dare it very much is. How dare you vote against is. it. Alright. That takes us to the uh, the naughty 90s. Mm-hmm. The naughty 90s. Uh, we got the one seed Groundhog Day. Bill Murray coming back with a vengeance. Oh, I'm so sorry. We forgot our playing around. That's that's my bad. That's Well, that's fine. It's on me. It's on me. That's right. who. That's who this is going to be playing. Is whoever fucking yeah. yeah. So so Groundhog Day is taking on one of uh, Mrs. Doubtfire or Home Alone. Um, wow, both both not great. Um, <laughs> I'm I'm taking Home Alone. Look, like I mean, even the movies that I cut, like like among them was like Kingpin and Big Daddy. Like fuck it, they're terrible movies. Like what are we talking about here? Um, I'm taking home i'm taking home alone all right and now i know i sat by idly while uh hot fuzz beat team america but i cannot in good name vote for home alone that's so fair that's fine go to the dice on that hey one. you know what james they're both bad it's it's fine <laughs> oh, yeah. uh we rolled a five you get your way so that is mrs doubtfire <laughs> oh goody me like you want to know how ridiculous that movie is there is a running gag in um, Arrested Development for about five or six episodes where David Cross's character who... I Have you ever seen Arrested Development, James? Uh, or, like, are it, you yeah. very familiar with it? Yeah. So, seen enough. David Cross's character, for those who aren't familiar, is like a really struggling actor. And part of the ongoing um, bit of the series is the guy is, like, really unfortunate. He says, like... He says, like, all these, like, sexual innuendos that, like, make him out to be, like, closeted gay. And it's kind of like this ongoing sort of joke. Um, you know, he, he's a terrible actor. And there's just, like, he, he kind of is the punching bag for the series. Everyone is, but he's, like, the big punching bag. And so, what he decides, because his family doesn't really, like, give a shit that he exists, he decides that he is going to dress up as a nanny and um, basically play Mrs. Doubtfire in his own house, and the ongoing joke with his family is, like, does he think that we haven't seen Mrs. Doubtfire, and that we, like, does he actually think we don't know it's him? But he's doing such a good job cleaning the house that they just pretend not to know (laughs) that it's fucking him, so, like, you know what I mean? Like, 
he'll he'll he comes back down from changing out of this like and it, it's like a massive getup. He comes back downstairs after he changes out of this, and like someone makes a comment about how like oh Mrs. Featherbottom or whatever the fuck her name like he makes up for her uh, missed a spot on the floor here like it, it's really it's really messy. And he just, like, stands there and he's like, I really wish someone would have said something before I switch out of my fucking clothing. And, like, they kind of look at him and they're like, what? I mean, nothing. (laughs) And he goes back upstairs and changes back into his fucking outfit. And it's just insane. Um, Anyway, for, for Arrested Development to make fun of Mrs. Doubtfire and me to just sit there and be like, holy fuck, yeah, that movie is outlandish. Yeah, I don't know. It's, it's, it's fine. It's... It's fine. You no, you you nailed it. Like it's 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 gonna lose to Groundhog Day from that. If, kind of if it were made in the two thousands, it would be like a fifty eight seed. Put it that way. <laughs> That's very true. The nineties uh, spoiler alert suck. I mean, there's some good movies in here, but it's just like yeah, I don't know. Um, uh, obviously Groundhog Day. Yeah, there it is. Yeah. All right. Uh, Eight first nine. Austin Powers, International Man of Mystery, and uh, Austin Powers, the Spy Who Shaked Me. Wow, that's right. I, I had to pin uh, Austin Power, or sorry, Mike Myers's two best characters against um, each other, which is Doctor Evil versus Austin Powers, of course. Mm, um, I see. Yeah, I'm. I'm. Are you an Austin Powers guy, James? I love it. Yeah. Do you really? I didn't know that. Yeah. They're they're great. I th- I think they're really good. Um, I don't care if people think they don't hold up anymore. I still find them fucking hilarious. I, I don't know. I love them. I think they're they're a hilarious commentary on again a genre of film, and uh, I, I think they're kind of underrated as far as comedy goes. I prefer the Spy Who Shagged Me, but the Man of Mystery is the original, and therefore is kind of you know more respected and well rated and things like that. Yeah, it all depends on, on, I guess, what you like out of your films. Because I, I see, like, I, I love Man of Mystery because of how it it sets the whole, you know, series up. But I, I, I do agree. I, I think uh, Spy of Shake Me is the superior film. It's, it's got the better plot, and it's also got like that, that kind of. It, it takes the jokes from the first one. And runs with them in a way that isn't super annoying. It, you know what I mean? Like the, 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 the. Oh, he's got a huge Johnson, and you know, like they, yeah. they go through the whole the, the dick joke thing, and it, it's it's still funny the second time around because you don't see it coming. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I don't know. I, I, it's, it's very much an all shaping. over the place comedy in a good way. Um, yeah, you know what I mean. Like some of them just completely lack direction when they're like that, but. I don't know, for for those people who aren't aware, Mike Myers was uh, pretty fucking funny for a while there. Yeah. And then he made The Love uh, Guru, and here we are. But uh, He's got to make another Austin Powers, I think, to, to save it, but we'll we'll see. Mm-hmm. Uh, Shake Me? Awesome. Uh, yeah, Spy Who Shake Me, for sure. Alright, there it is. Five seed Dumb and Dumber against 12 seed Men in Black. Okay, uh, so I gotta ask, because mm-hmm. uh, I saw this bracket going into it. Is Men in Black a comedy? You don't think so? All right. I've never saw it in that light. It it was definitely made with that intention. Again, I think a movie that wanted to mix like a little bit of uh, 
um, uh, action to it, but um, it is classified as a sci-fi action comedy, and um, yeah, like at the time, Will Smith was a comedy actor, is kind of the the other thing too, like um, Tommy Lee Jones, we now know, did comedy, but um, yeah, no, it's made by, like, with a comedy actor as the lead role, with a comedy supporting cast. Danny Elfman did the music, who's, like, well-known for doing comedies, and, um, that, that was very much the intention behind it, um, and the director is mostly a comedy guy as well. Speaking of Tommy Lee Jones, pretty upset not to see the man of the house, uh, in the 2000s bracket, but, uh, that's, well, tough that's understandable. Can't, can't all win. Yeah, that's fair. Um, I'm going to go Dumb and Dumber just because, like I said, like I, I've never considered Men in Black a comedy. Um, okay. And for that, I'm, I'm going to take Dumb and Dumber. Uh, Dumb and Dumber is <laughs> genuinely a not good movie, but it is fucking hilarious and iconic for a reason. I'm going Dumb and Dumber. There it is. Mm-hmm. I actually Isn't just watched it... Uh, I just watched it recently. It was on TV. It's, it's good. Nice. I have not seen the sequel, like the official sequel. Didn't love it. It has its moments, but generally speaking, it's pretty bad. Fair enough, as I assumed. All right, we got the four seed Dazed and Confused taking on Clerks at 13. Dazed and Confused. Yeah. Nope, for sure. Clerks are you, is not good. Are you... So you, you've seen... I wasn't sure if you'd seen Clerks. I figured you'd oh, seen yeah. Days and Confused, but yep, I've seen Clerks, and it uh, it's not a good film. I, I've never discussed Dazed and Confused with you. You you like Dazed and Confused? I, I do. Um, it's awesome. Very. It was. It's it's very pre seventy show. Um, yeah. In its in its humor, like knew what it was in the era that it was coming in at, and knew how to address the people watching it. I'd have to believe it influenced Superbad in more than one way as well. That too. Yeah, you know? for sure. Like, Su- Superbad is kind of an interesting, going back to it uh, 30 minutes later, is it's kind of an interesting movie because, like, the first couple times I saw it, it's not super clear other than a few jokes and, like, the use of cell phones that it actually takes place in the 2000s. Like, it was one of those movies I watched it and I'm like, I don't know what era this movie's supposed to be. Like, all the cars are old. A lot of the music being played and referenced is, like, older music. You know what I mean? Like, the, the wardrobe, they're all dressed like... Well, I mean, that's because yeah. he's wearing his dad's clothing. But, but like, even, like, the shit that everyone else is wearing is, like, kind of 70s-esque. Other than the cell phone and a few other things, the reference to MySpace, like, it's not really clear that it takes place in this era. And my thought is it's because Seth Rogen wrote it before you know 2007 it was it was written with like his vision in mind of an of an older time and therefore i think he just kind of ran with it in, in a few ways but anyway days and confused yeah. for sure yeah no days confused for me as well uh six seed happy uh, gilmore against 11 seed full monty it's happy gilmore yeah full monty f- fucking full respect for what it is but um to, to, to be nominated for Best Picture as a British, like, insanely ridiculous comedy is just, you know. Oh, yeah, no, there's respect hold- to be had by what it did. But. It holds up. 
fairly well because it talks about like you know issues with like gender fluidity and stuff like that and it was like made in the mid 90s when that wasn't really part of the conversation yeah no it's it's a great film but it's it's happy yomar come on uh we got the battle of the uh animation nation here uh toy story at the three seed beavis and butthead do america at 14 i uh i i understand the appreciation for the beavis and butthead american you know comedy shtick that that they that they've sold on and and there's obviously an audience for that uh it's toy story for me uh by a, a wide margin um not only do you have uh, a film that is funny to kids but it, it also is very funny to adults you know yeah 30 years later tom hanks brilliant not always a comedy guy but when he does it i think he does uh a, a very good job it's, you know tom uh, hanks is a funnier dude than he gets credit for but exactly, the problem yeah. is that he's probably a way better actor than he is funny and therefore like, you're almost wasting his talent to put him in a pure comedy movie. This is really the closest you can get to me. Well, you know? like, like I was going to say, like, I think if you if you back him up with someone like Tim Allen, who is a pure comedy guy, yeah, yeah. Tom Hanks can be funny, but at the same time, you can kind of pull back and and be enough of a, a down-to-earth, you know, yep. Yep. actor that uh, doesn't have to rely on the comedy, but can get by with a, a joke here and there. Uh, and so yeah for me it's toy story i yeah it's no it's toy story for sure there's a reason it's a three seed it's genuinely i think one of the more influential movies ever made um still holds up today holds up great today to be honest with you um i just recently watched the fourth one like like during isolation i watched it a few weeks ago i thought it was i thought it was phenomenal I, i i loved it honestly i think it's my second favorite to the original i thought it was fucking hysterical um, cause I like what they've done now knowing that, you know, everyone who was a kid in 1995 when they watched Toy Story is now grown up and now they're trying to like make it for both audiences. Like now it's for kids and for mm-hmm. everyone who grew up watching it. And they packed in so many jokes that like a nine year old wouldn't get, but like a 29 year old would get, but it's funny to everyone still. I, I thought it was brilliant. Like I thought the fourth one was amazing. So yeah, no, no the, the original it. gets the knock or gets the gets the nod because I don't know if animation movies um, become quite as popular so fast without this one. All right, we got the uh, seven seed, the Big Lebowski, taking on my cousin Vinny at ten. Um, I've never seen my kind of uh, my cousin Vinny. It's really fucking good, like really mm. good, and that's kind of the reason why I wanted to match it up with the Big Lebowski. Is I think it's the closest thing on this bracket to like two almost not like almost they're almost better than they are funny they're both really good movies but they also have a lot of fucking funny things packed in um i mean you've seen the big lebowski it's like 60 percent comedy 40 percent you know story yeah. and i would say my cousin Vinny's more of a 50 50 split but it's 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 pretty good it's joe pesci's comedic brilliance at, at its fucking finest there you go um so out of out of default i'm gonna have to side with uh big lebowski on this one just uh yeah. no no knock against Vinny, but yeah marissa tomei won right. an academy award for my cousin Vinny, so it's not no, uh, it's not all bad 
Uh, Office Space 2 seed against Wayne's World 15 seed. Um, admittedly, I probably seeded Wayne's World too low. It's still not an excellent movie, but looking back on it, I probably would have had it crack the top ten. Um, regardless, it, it, it wouldn't beat many of the other movies, I think, that have moved on to this point anyway. Um, to be honest with you, I wouldn't pick Wayne's World over any of the other movies we've advanced, so... I guess it kind of works out in that sense, but I will apologize to Wayne's World fans for seating it so low. Um, but it's it's office space and a cakewalk for me. Not a cakewalk for me. Um, okay. Office space is very good. I I almost have the same argument that you made about Wayne's World for office space. I don't know if it's a two. I I I wonder if it's not a little higher than it should be. Mixing that in with the fact that I think I agree with you there, like Wayne's World is a little low. This becomes pretty tough. Um, I'll I'll go Office Space on this one, but it's again this this to me probably could have been like the eight nine bracket as far as I'm concerned. I think Wayne's World is probably better than most of the films on the list in the nineties, and not to say that it is better than some of the ones that won, but it, it could have been right there at nine instead of, you know, a, a second Austin Powers film. So the thing with office space uh, yeah. is it, is it, I want to say, um, is one of the very few movies in the nineties era of this bracket that cracked 80% on rotten tomatoes by both critics and the audience. So that kind of factored mm. in for me. Um, it's the, it's the idea that it's, it's just as relevant today as, as, as it would have been 21 years ago. Um, you know, like if anything, it holds up better now than it did at the time, I think. And, and it, it's just become iconic. Um, you know, it's become the, the basis for so many memes more than I, I want to say almost anything on this, on the nineties part of the bracket. Um, it's just a movie that I think has gained its popularity as time's gone on. And it was incredibly popular when it first came out as well. So, um, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's it's often considered to be one of the greatest movie, like comedy movies ever too, like a top 30 of all time. So I figured, um, all things told, it's just kind of solid all around. Yeah. Um, that takes us to the second round. Granted, if it, uh, if it came out one a, upset, if it came out a year later, uh, it, it would have been like a 15 seed on the fucking 2000s ah, bracket. Like, you know point. what I mean? Yeah, like dodgeball probably beats it, so it's probably like in the play-in game. <laughs> Shit sucks if you were a movie in the two thousands and you got ignored. Poor Talladega Nights. Yeah, no, you're right. Uh, Talladega Nights not making an appearance. Uh, surprisingly, um, uh, into the second round of the nineties, we got the one seed Groundhog Day versus the nine seed Austin Powers, the spy who shagged me. Hmm. <laughs> Hmm. That's not as easy as I thought it was going to be. I'm still going to go Groundhog Day just because uh, it's, yeah, it's Groundhog Day, but it's not as close, or it's not as big of a cakewalk as I thought it was going to be. I find that Groundhog Day is very funny, mm-hmm. but it quickly spirals into a quasi thriller type film uh by the end of it where like bill murray kind is of. actively yeah. trying to yeah. off himself 
Um, and that's not funny. Suicide is never funny. For me, I'm going Austin Powers. Uh, there's a bit of recency bias on that. I honestly think that the Austin Powers character is one of like, you know, the defining comedy uh, characters of at least our generation. And uh, for that, it's going to give uh, me a bit of a nod over Groundhog Day. To the dice we go. Uh, we have rolled a six. What does that mean again? Oh, that's, that's me. You. That's Groundhog Day. All right. Groundhog Day wins out. But right. yeah, it's... I, I, I don't know. Austin Powers is maybe doesn't get as much uh, respect as it used to or whatever. I, I don't know. I, like it, For whatever reason, it just didn't age great. I, I still think it's funny, but just... I don't know. It, it kind of fell out of favor, I guess, with a lot of movie watchers and um, the younger generation really doesn't it doesn't hold up too well for them either so yeah I, I, I'm still good with it but it's it's I think Groundhog Day just genuinely the better movie is all Dumb and Dumber 5 seed against Days and Confused 4 seed I'm going Dazed and Confused but it's not an easy decision I made it sound like one I just I had thought about that already before we got to it okay that's right. Uh, yeah, that's actually bitching that Dazed and Confused is a sweet 16 movie. I'm actually pretty pumped about that. Um, Happy Gilmore, 6 seed against Toy Story, 3 seed. That's... Wow. That's not good. <laughs> um, Happy Gilmore for me. To- Toy Story is uh, a, a really great film, but I think if we're... If we're talking comedy films, Happy Gilmore gets the edge here. Like, like Toy Story is really, in an essence, uh, just as if not, you know, like it, it's it's an animated film. It's it's gonna have some comedy moments. It's made for kids. Uh, it's it wasn't made to be a blockbuster comedy film. So that's a great great film. And if this was a different bracket with a different title, it's probably moving past happy gilmore but on a comedy perspective it's it's bob barker man like what are you talking about here it's, there you go yeah i'm going happy gilmore as well um <clears throat> the reason being is because it's 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 kind of sloppy the way it's made but that i think makes it funnier now than it was at the time it's very much a movie that is carried by strong performances which is not something you always see in comedy movies, but Adam Sandler's pretty good in it. Um, I Christopher McDonald, I believe, is Shooter McGavin's name. Um, although troubled now, was actually unbelievable in that movie. Like, like great as the villain as Shooter McGavin. He's maybe one of the most iconic like comedy villains ever. And um, you know, there's something to be said for that. And Carl Weathers, of course, is Chubbs. Like, like it's carried by really good performances, um, as well as maybe my favorite movie cameo of all time in Ben Stiller as Nurse Hal. <clears throat> it's a great movie, and yeah, it it still holds up just as well today as it did 25 years ago. So, Happy Gilmore. Yeah, there it is. Uh, Shout out to Jake O'Neill, uh, following along at home, mm. I'm sure. Uh, uh, that leaves us with the two seed office space versus the seven seed, the big Lebowski. I'm, I'll leave it up to you because, well, I mean, uh, maybe I'll leave it up to the dice, I guess, but, um, I 
The Big Lebowski's probably my fucking favorite movie, and I actually... I think it's just a better movie than Office Space. It maybe isn't funnier, but in terms of an actual comedy movie, it's the better movie, I would say. Well, for sure it is, but... Oh, yeah. It's it's Big Lebowski, for sure. Office Space does have plot, but I I think I watched it a couple times till I actually realized what the plot of the movie was. I don't know why. The Big Lebowski is one of those films that kind of, for me... Um, every time I watch it, something new is oh, funny. Like, you know what I mean? Like, like a lot of films are their jokes are very obvious, and that's what you're supposed to laugh at. And some of them are good jokes, and they're funny every time you hear them. But The Big Lebowski is one of those films where we're not sure exactly what's supposed to be funny, and each time you watch it, it's oh, that's kind of funny. Yeah. I never noticed that before. And There's I, I there are a lot of, of really subtle things packed into that movie that um, you don't really notice. For the first fifteen times you watch it, no, oh, definitely. But yeah, no, it's big. Uh, we got uh, Big Lebowski moving on for sure. Uh, leaves us with the Groundhog Day at uh, one versus uh, Days and Confused at four in this week's sixteen. I'm going Days and Confused. Again, not as easy as the last time I picked the movie. Just I had thought about it before we got here. There you go. No, it, it's Days and Confused for me again. Like I don't. I Groundhog Day was slipping for me and a round ago so if it's uh where it is now it's yeah uh happy gilmore six seed against yeah. big lebowski seven seed uh for me personally this is the toughest decision i've had to make so far <laughs> two of my favorite comedy <laughs> movies for sure have seen the big lebowski many times watched happy gilmore several days ago because uh, it was on Sportsnet because hockey's paused um, Gone. I have to go Big Lebowski still, but this is an incredibly tough matchup for me. Just everyone, everyone listening, please understand that. Uh, we're going to have to, uh, break the dice out again because I'm going Happy Gilmore on this mm. one. That's fine. And to be honest with you again, like having uh, so much love for the Big Lebowski, if it loses, I'm, this is the way I would want it to go down, I guess. <laughs> uh, we were rolled a one, so Happy Gilmore will win out. There it is. The dice giveth so, and the dice taketh away. Okay, so we uh, move on to the 2010s. Then we got the play-in round. We got uh, What We Do in the Shadows 2015 versus Horrible Bosses of 2011. It's What We Do in the Shadows for me. Um, I remember Horrible Bosses coming out. It was a film that I watched many, many times. I'll, I'll go Horrible Bosses only because I appreciate the script a little better than I appreciate the script of... The, or the plot, I should say, of, of Shadows. Okay. It's not the movie's fault, it's just more so I can't watch it anymore because of Kevin Spacey. So it's like, that movie's gone from the existence for me, but I'm willing to admit I did enjoy it for a while. Um, yeah. yeah. We rolled a two, so it's what we do in the Shadows. Right? There you go. Wait, yeah? Okay. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> it's how you can tell I'm I'm not rigging this is because I genuinely don't know if I'm getting these or not. To be honest, it's from keep fucking mixing it up. Uh, one seed, the other guys uh, from 2010, Will Ferrell, Mark Wahlberg against uh, 2015's What We Do in the Shadows, Taika Waititi. Uh, listen, I love What We Do in the Shadows. To be honest with you, I didn't want to put it as a play in, but again, I think this is a genuinely Strong era for comedies, the 2010s. Maybe not as deep 
as the 2000s, but there's 16 really good movies here. Uh, having said that, The Other Guys is fucking incredible. So, Yep, Other Guys for me. <laughs> yep. Uh, 8-seed Nebraska against 9-seed Grand Budapest Hotel. Have you gotten around to the Grand Budapest yet? I have not. Have you seen Nebraska, at least? I have. I'm going to assume you're going to agree with me and take Nebraska, then. <laughs> I'm going to take Nebraska, only because I can't agree with you that it's better than... Uh, uh, yeah. Um, Man, that's that Budapest. scene when they first get to, like, the town in Nebraska, and they're sitting around in the house... And they're all just watching TV, and I think it's Rance Howard is the guy that's, like, right up in the forefront. And, like, the scene is two minutes long of them all staring at the TV, but the camera is the TV, so they're all staring at the camera. And there's, like, eight sentences, and it's all just like, You still got that Chevy Malibu? Nope. Never had a Malibu. (laughs) He's like, I thought you had a Malibu. And he's like, no, it was a, and he like names another, like it was an Impala. I could have swore it was a Malibu. Nope, that was an Impala. <laughs> Sold it a while back though. And then like he asks him another question and it like the conversation just goes nowhere, but they're all content watching the TV. But Will Forte sitting there the whole time, just like ready to pull his fucking hair out. It, it, it's it's incredible, man. Every time I watch it, I just die laughing. Like, it's it's maybe one of the driest movies I've ever seen. And it shocks me that Mike Judge didn't write it. Because it's so, like, King of the Hill, office spacey, kind of dry at a lot of points. Um, but it's a genius fucking movie. I, I think it's amazing. And, uh, yeah, Nebraska. Uh, we've got uh, number five. This is the end versus 12 Hot Tub Time Machine. Uh, you have the honors. I think I prefer Hot Tub Time Machine as a film. Uh, this is the end was very original in its in its makeup. Um, this the plot was very well done. I thought, and, and it lost me at the it, it uh, the film lost me at, at the ending. Uh, I didn't love the that's end. That's fair. <laughs> um, I also didn't love like I, I get why they did it, but I didn't love that they kept the actors playing themselves. Oh, hard disagree um, there. I, I've been thinking since I was maybe 13 years old about how I wanted a comedy group to make a movie where they all played fictionalized versions of themselves. And then when This Is The End came out, they did it in a format where I thought it was genuinely a genius format for a movie. So I, I loved it because of that. Um, I, 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 I've been waiting for a group to do that kind of movie and they did it. Yeah, I don't know. Um, it added so much to the movie for me. I, I don't know if the movie works without it, to me. Oh, you could definitely make a film about a bunch of guys trapped in their house. Well, for, for sure, but I mean, you know, the way they did it, it I think is funnier because it is them. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I, I just, I, I watch films to, you know, escape realism for to a, to a degree, and, and when they just bring it all back and... Yeah, but you're you know, not you're not involved. That, those in things their, obviously didn't happen. You're not involved in their lives. No, but so those things didn't really can? happen to Seth Rogen and you know you know James Franco and like those things didn't happen to them. So it's but not, it's a movie, James. It's it's the whole. It's not point. a real story. So well, exactly. It's it's a movie, so it should be fictional characters. I th- I think it's just funny to imagine that if some shit like this actually went down, that this is how things would have gone down for them. 
And I, I think that that makes it funnier to me. Is that they all, you know what I mean? They all would have turned on each other because, like, they would have. Any any group of people would have, like, turned on each other, like, in a situation like that because they don't know what's going on. But um, I think it's just funnier to imagine that this group of actors let all of their, their you know, insecurities and shit get to them. I, I think it's great. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm sticking with Hot Tech. Okay. Um, th- this is, this is going to be a tough one for us to dice it because it sounds like we're quite, uh, we're quite torn on this, but, um, yeah, I think, I think Hot Tub Time Machine, although I find it hilarious, um, in terms of an actual <laughs> plot for a movie, I think is a horrendous piece of shit, <laughs> um, to, to quote Jay Baruchel, uh, from This Is The End, ironically, but, uh, yeah, no, we'll, we'll roll the dice here. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's a one. <laughs> yeah. Oh boy. Don't, don't love that, but do, I do think Hot Tub Time Machine is hilarious. Um, and you know what, you know what I think one of my favorite parts about the movie is, is the fact that John Cusack is not generally a comedy actor, but he's quite funny in <laughs> <True>. the movie. <laughs> like, he actually does oh, a yeah. great job. He kills it. Um, yeah, just like uh, knowing that he is someone who, although he is a good actor, has been ridiculed for like ha- doing a fake accent here or there through his career, and then they get him to do that Russian accent when they, we are spies, and I die laughing at that. Just knowing a little bit about John Cusack is like I feel like he <laughs> like told them that he's like I need to be the one who says this line. Like this has to be me. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, I, I it, it's point. great. I, I I love it. I just I I I this is the end's one of for sure like a, a very dear to my heart film, but um alas, it was not to be. Uh number 4 seed from 2011 Bridesmaids starring every funny actress ever probably. But it's it's a fucking really good cast. Um Kristen Wiig, Maya Rudolph, Melissa McCarthy of course, um Rose Byrne. It's 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 a great cast. Um, and up against another female-led movie, Melissa McCarthy's 2013 film *The Heat*, with her and Sandra Bullock. Um, *The Heat* was also on TV recently, so I've rewatched that as well as the fact that I've seen *Bridesmaids* about 35 times. I love *The Heat*. That's fair. Um, Sandra Bullock is one of my favorite actresses. Yeah, you you do love sure. Sandy. Sandy B, my girl. I don't know how I argue against... I know how much you love Sandy B. Yeah. Um, yeah, that being said, like, Bridesmaids is a is a great ensemble, like, film where I think the cast really plays off each other um, effectively. Any... Um, this is tough, Any comedy I'm, movie where a cast member gets nominated for an Academy Award for it, you, you have to... You know what I mean? You have to give props. Um, you know, Melissa McCarthy getting a Best Supporting Actress nomination for Bridesmaids. Like, it's, 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 it's she's not even the funniest part of the movie. <laughs> you know what I mean? But, like, her character's fucking hysterical in that. Um, but The Heat is really good. Yeah. It is a tough one. I intentionally matched up these two th- movies because I knew it was going to be a difficult decision. Uh, I think I'm going to lead Bridesmaid on this one. Just, I think it's the better film i i don't wonder if heat is funnier but as an overall film i think bridesmaids got speed i think the heat is funnier for sure but bridesmaids is 
Um, going back to like, you know, the big Lebowski and things like that. Um, it's just a really well done movie. And so the plot, I think the plot, like it's one of those plots that's actually very conceivable. And that's what adds to like the, the hilarity of it, but also the humanity of the film. And I think a good comedy needs, you need to feel something a little bit in a good comedy. That's the thing is that when you, when you pack in a bunch of jokes, it can only take you so far. Like, you know, if it's just a bunch of jokes lined up one after the other, you end up with the naked gun, which is still really good, but it only takes you so far, right? And and the mo- you want the movie to take you on a bit of a journey, I think, and Bridesmaids does that well beyond what The Heat does, as much as I love The Heat. Um, the Heat's probably funnier, but Bridesmaids is for sure the better movie, both comedically and... Uh, if that makes sense, anyway. Yeah, no, it does. Okay. Um, so that brings us to the interview at six and game night. These six eleven matchups will get you sometimes. This is not an easy one for me. I, I got to be honest with you. Like mm. the interview is my favorite of the Rogan Franco. You know what I mean? That comedy group like Jonah Hill. It, it's my favorite of their collaborations, other than I guess Super Bad if you count it. Um. Having said that, Game Night is a genius comedy movie that sort of came out of nowhere a couple years ago. I will say this, I like Jason Bateman. I'm a little sick of Jason Bateman. He's in everything and he plays Jason Bateman in every single one of those movies and it's it's kind of enough. And so that was partly why I wasn't going to see Game Night is I'm kind of like, all right, I need a little bit of time away from Jason Bateman. We need we need a little bit of a time apart. Um but I watched the movie and it's hysterical. It, it, it does simultaneously feature, which is not something that happens often, uh, my favorite band, Third Eye Blind, and maybe my uh, my tied for favorite movie, Pulp Fiction, referenced in the same scene. So that's um, a very rare thing <laughs> for me, is the combination of Third Eye Blind and Pulp Fiction. So I do have a <laughs> soft spot for Game Night, for sure. I'm going to take the interview... But it's a very slight edge, and I'm going to tell you why. I think, on a comedic level, they're very close to each other. And Game Night might be the better actual, like, start-to-finish picture. The interview took a risk that I didn't think anyone would ever take beyond, like, Matt Stone and Trey Parker. So, I'm, I'm giving it to them it's not that it's a funny movie because they had the balls to make it, but it's only a funny movie because they had the balls to make it in the sense that the movie doesn't get made unless they do it. So yeah, yeah, it's very I'm tough. I'm surprised though. to hear your take on, surprised to hear your take on Jason Bateman. I've always considered him to be very similar to Vince Vaughn and, and the idea that if you like him, you like him. If you don't, you don't. And he always gives you exactly what you think you're going to get out of him. Well, I, I just, um, I, I think, from... I, I think Vince Vaughn's funny. Whereas Jason Bateman, <laughs> I feel bad saying this. I don't really think Jason Bateman's all that funny, but what he is good at doing is being the straight man in a movie that needs a straight man. You know what I mean? Like he, he could have, he could have like kind of played f- like Bradley Cooper's role in the hangover. Like, he, he's the voice of reason a lot of times, and he's never, like, the outlandish character. Um, not I shouldn't say never, but very rarely. And so, he only goes so far for me, is all. He's, he's Paul Rudd's kind of like that, but I think Paul Rudd is more versatile. 
Yeah. I don't hate them. It's just, I, I, Um, at least at the time that Game Night came out, I was like, I I just, he's in everything. I've had enough of Jason Bateman for a little bit. But I enjoyed it. Fair enough. I'm going to go in review as well for uh, for the record. Uh, That was a long winding way of me saying that I, I think it's, an iconic film. Well, I don't think you actually said anything. I, 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 you can have... <laughs> I don't think you commented at no, all. No, just on it. just my 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 lead up with the Jason Bateman thing, like uh, you know, kind of where I was going with that is, um, I, I think he's I think he's a really good actor. Um, I, I think he he's effective because you know what you're getting, and if you like him, then I think you kind of stick with him. But uh, anytime a country can ban uh your film from being mm-hmm. released in your own yeah, country spe- uh that speaks volumes yeah. to uh what it um, is i was gonna ask are, are you an ozark guy i started uh, i got through the first season i didn't dislike it it just it didn't excite me enough to you know there was no momentum for me the end of the first season so i never really you know when i watched the first season i really enjoyed it the problem was that and i mean this is part of the issue with netflix shows is you watch it all in one sitting well not in one sitting but you know what i mean you you, you'll watch it all in the span of like two weeks at at the most a lot of the times right when it's a really good show like that there's 10 episodes you're not watching anything other than that once you're home from work back when we had jobs you're turning on ozark and you're watching from where you were when you fucking went to bed the night before right and so the issue with that is, yeah. this series that was made, you know, say you finish it in five nights, okay? The issue is that they probably haven't even scheduled filming for season two yet. And by the time it comes out, so much fucking time has passed. Whereas at least when it's on TV, you have that week of anticipation. A week goes by, you have a time, like, you know what I mean? You can think about the show, the episode airs, and you're like, holy shit, I can't wait till next week when the next one comes out. And then the season finale comes, and I think it's just kind of easier to remember what happened in the previous season. Because I find, with, like, Ozark, I had to go back and watch season one again, because I... Someone would ask me what Ozark was about. I'm like, I don't know, drugs, I think. I don't remember, so I had to rewatch it. I didn't like it at all the second time around. I couldn't get into it. In fact, I tried it a third time, couldn't get into it. So I don't know why I enjoyed it the first mm. time, because I find it's it's not well written. <laughs> so I I had an issue with it, but a lot of people that's really fair. like it. So that that's I was just curious, because um, apparently season three is crazy. So I might, I don't know, I might give it a fourth go. We'll see. But yeah, I started season two <laughs> when it came out, like a couple years ago, and I couldn't get into it because I couldn't remember what was happening. So I'm like, okay, like I'll just I'll rewatch season one; it'll be fine. I couldn't get through it. I got through it, but it was like very difficult for me. So I don't mm. know. I kind of what I'm saying is I kind of like watching well, things weekly when they come on TV, and yeah, that's why I'll wait to watch uh, it get... so long, you know. Sometimes. That's it's I've never like forced myself to wait. That's interesting that you do that. But. I know when I binged Breaking Bad, I do, I do prefer. I I waited because I made the decision I was going to watch it. And I watched the first couple episodes, and I'm like, you know what? I'm enjoying this. But I knew that that ne- that new season was coming out like four months after that. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to wait like a couple months before I actually watch this show. And then I binged it in two months leading up into season four or whatever it was, right? And, and I, I felt like I just, I had more enjoyment that way, and I carried the momentum into it weekly, and I got into this routine that I watched it weekly, and, and then when season five came out, it was a fucking routine, and part two came out, and, you know, like, um, 
I don't know. It just it kept me more invested, but that's also probably because it's a better show. Well, uh, with that, we go to the three seed at uh, Get Him to the Greek versus 14, The Big Sick. Yeah, no no disrespect to The Big Sick. I watched it again recently. I love it. But um, it's Get Him to the Greek. For sure. Yep. Oh, yeah. Bar none. Yep. Ooh. Real pumped to talk about this next one. <laughs> Booksmart at 7, Lady Bird at 10. Look, I really loved Lady Bird. I thought it was great, to be honest with you. Uh, came out around the same time as The Big Sick. I thought The Big Sick was better, but obviously Lady Bird got nominated for a bunch of shit. and It's still really good. I mean, it's hard for me to argue against Lady Bird because Saoirse Ronan's the, the light of my life. Um, having said all that, I... I encourage everyone who hasn't seen Booksmart to go out and watch this movie. Um, because I think it is one of the... I've watched it three or four times now. And it is one of the most perfect combinations of um, a movie that is just pure, like, almost raunchy, outlandish, high school type humor. Uh, coupled with the concept of growing up. It's kind of like if they took super bad, took out a few jokes, and made it a little more emotional. And I think it's a, a fucking masterpiece to me. So I, I'm taking Booksmart. It's Booksmart for me as well. Um, again, no disrespect to Lady Bird. Uh, just never really saw it as a heavy hitter in the comedy world. Um, more of a drama that was very comedic, as far as I'm concerned. So... Uh, yeah, for that, it's... It's, it's one of those things... I, I agree with you there. We've talked about it already. It's just like... I think it was made with the intention of being comedy, but the the it hits you a little bit too hard. That's, I think... You know what I mean? Like, we were talking earlier about was that really a comedy with some of these movies? And, I, and they were, but it's almost like there's too much of the... It almost takes you down too dark of a path in a way. You know? Uh, we got a two seed, 21 Jump Street, 2012, against the Nice Guys, 2015. Uh, it was a 15 seed. I've been planning to rewatch the Nice Guys during quarantine, but I have not had the time to do so. Uh, it's 21 Jump Street. It's just, um, the Nice Guys is great. It's 21 Jump Street. This is another 15 seed where I think if it was up against some Ooh, nice. of the other options. You're a big Nice Guys guy? I love it's really nice good. Guys. It's um, really good, and you know what's it really you know what's really away. good about the nice guys is the fact that uh, it's a very rare appearance of movies on this list. Neither of the main two actors do I think of as comedic, almost at all. Like you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. I, like Gosling's charming and he's funny, and Russell Crowe's charming and he's funny. They're not f- comedic actors, though. You know. <laughs> No, and they're the mo- the movie's fucking brilliant. Like it's great. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna go Twenty One Jump Street, but I got I just had to get it out there. Nice guys versus, I'll say, forty percent of the other options. I don't know where because I'm just curious. Where would you have seated the nice guys? Because like I, I it sounds like you're more of a fan than I am. Although I do love the movie. Um, where would you put it in in relation to a lot of the other movies we've got here? It's at least an eight seed okay, for me. That's kind of where I figured you were going to put it. Yeah, it's hard to get it up above like book smart interview level. 
No, I, but, I think you. Uh, I think that's perfect. I, I, again, for having not seen Grand Budapest, it, it's certainly yeah. not funnier than Booksmart or or a better movie. You could argue it's funnier than Nebraska, but Nebraska is definitely the superior film. And I would say the same thing about Grand mm-hmm. Budapest. But yeah, I don't know. You can make the case 10, 10 to fifteen for sure. Yeah. Uh, honestly, for me, yeah. popularity factored in on that one quite a bit. It's just not a movie that really gained a lot of traction um, in the grand scheme of things. The people who love it, I, I thought the the people who love it, I thought the plot was wildly. I was going to say, I think the plot is wildly um, comedic, and, and I think the plot is something that drives. Like you talked about how you know Gosling and and Crow, they're they're not really comedic actors. I think the plot carries a lot of the load for them in the sense that like you, it sets itself up as a very you know late 70s cop type film and you you kind of know what you're getting out of that and then the, the the plot progresses and you're like wait like she's there this is about porn actors <laughs> like, wait we're going to like a <laughs> we're going to a swingers yeah. club and like it's just oh, like yeah. each each like turn the movie takes to yeah. like progress itself it's wait how did the ford motor company get involved in a porn film like <laughs> oh it, it it snowballs for sure like and that's what makes it so good i think is the fact that it just you know what it, it, it honestly reminds me of and i've been thinking about asking you this the whole time we've been talking about the nice guys is another movie that was like a cut for me but i think the nice guys is better it's just like I still think this is a top twenty twenty five comedy movie. The last ten years is. Uh, did you did you like Inherent Vice? Inherent Vice. Uh... Joaquin Phoenix. Oh, uh, yeah, it was good. It's it's Lebowski ish, yeah. about just a degenerate fucking guy that. Um, it's the same thing though. Like it, it, it completely snowballs. He goes down this rabbit hole trying to help a friend, and by the end of it, he's like, you know what I mean? His life's in danger, and it's just like. Um. Yeah, it's very Lebowski-ish in a way, but yeah, I was just curious if you, if mm-hmm. you liked no, it. No, for sure. Yeah, yeah a very. You're you're right. Like the the snowball effect is very much the same. Yeah, always no, good. And that's where I think like because you could take Gosling and Crow, put them in a serious '70s cop film, like a detective type of thing, and that could be a fantastic film. But they chose to make it a comedy with the plot more so than the characters themselves, and I I appreciated that. I, I thought it was very effective. Yeah, I agree. Okay, we got the one seed, the other guys, uh, versus the eight seed, Nebraska. Uh, the other guys yeah. for me. That's kind of open and shut. Office pop. Yeah, I love I love Nebraska, but it just yeah. Uh, yeah. The other guys is a force, man. It's a one seed for a reason. Uh, four seed bridesmaids versus the twelve seed hot tub time machine. See, this is a, a, a this is funny how brackets work because. Um, I took Bridesmaids, and I certainly did not take Hot Tub Time Machine. We, you know, we had that debate. I, a part of me kind of thinks Hot Tub Time Machine here, but, um, I'm gonna go Bridesmaids, because I think it's the better movie. Well, I don't think it is. It for sure fucking is. It's, if you haven't seen Hot Tub Time Machine, you've seen it. Uh, I'm, I'm going Bridesmaids. This is tough. This is my... My love for all things historical. <laughs> no, I get it. It's it's fucking hilarious, man. It's maybe of of like of all the movies we've talked about tonight, where it's a group of four guys, probably the most hilarious fucking misfit group of four guys you could imagine. So like, like 
Like, aside from the hangover, like, this is, it's just a mess of four dudes. The, the scene out. where they start betting on, like, the Denver Broncos playoff run, and then only for the, the <laughs> squirrel that they fucking terrorized to cost them the ultimate bet yeah. just absolutely kills me. That's what I, that's what I mean. Like, that's the problem for me, is the movie is just, like, 10% too crazy. <laughs> I can get behind, like, most of it, but it's, like, it's just, like, 10% too on the nose to me. I still love it. I, I'm not chirping it. I'm, but. I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go Bridesmaids here, but I, I gotta say, as we, as we send off the final Chevy Chase film in our bracket, um, his, his oh, presence no. in that film is like it makes it for me like i don't i think if they didn't have chevy chase popping in once every half an hour it it almost isn't as good a film somehow i I don't know why i can't explain it it's just for me seeing him that's that's fair um i remember i uh i suggested i guess as a spoiler alert for future episodes that um I've had a few members or listeners of the podcast really reach out about their love of community and how we've referenced it like lightly a few times on the show. We never really gotten into it. Uh, there has been a request for a, a community top 10 of some kind. And, and I specifically, I was talking to a former guest of the podcast, Mike Wern, and I told him about how, uh, you know, we had been thinking, or I had been thinking about suggesting to you that we do a top ten related to community. And Mike Wern was shocked to find out that you like community, to which I said, the guy loves Chevy Chase. <laughs> like, he loves everything Chevy Chase, man, other than maybe his personal <laughs> life. But other than that, film-wise, Chevy Chase, fucking hilarious, right? So it was like, yeah, no, I, I, I... I knew that you loved the show, um, and he was surprised to hear that, to which I reminded him that you loved Community Jimmy. being back on Netflix uh, just in time for uh, quarantine season has been a real godsend, not going to lie. Yeah. It is, you know what, and it's ha- I'm happy too because I just rewatched it at the start of quarantine because I have Prime Video, it's always been on Prime Video, and so, but now everyone else, because like not everyone has Prime Video, but everyone has Netflix, and... Um, now a lot of my friends are re-watching it, so now I'm, like, up to date with my, you know what I mean, community. I've re-watched it twice in the last, like, eight to ten months, so I'm, I'm fully That's wild that it was on Amazon. On my like, I, again. I just got Amazon. I, I must have had, like, that weird window where they took it down and it wasn't oh. quite up on Netflix yet, so that's, that's awesome. No, it, it, it was always on there, but it, the thing with Prime is, Prime's kinda, Prime's pretty jam-packed. It doesn't really get that reputation, but there's a lot of stuff on Prime. It's entirely possible that you just Fair. didn't see it. Because it's like, it's there's a lot of shit on there. Well, sorry, not a lot of shit. There's a lot of good stuff. This episode is brought to you in part by Amazon. Um, oh boy. Uh, <laughs> number three, get into the Greek versus number six, the interview. I was at Whole Foods the other day. Get him to the Greek versus the interview. It's going to be get him to the Greek yeah. for me. Yeah, definitely. Not much to discuss there. Okay, and that leaves us with uh, number seven, Booksmart, versus number two, 21 Jump Street. Wow, this is actually not easy. (laughs) 
I, I really like 21 Jump Street. I think it's great. I, I've only ever had one complaint about it, and it's that, and this is going to be problematic for some people. Um, I would have strongly preferred uh, P. Diddy in Ice Cube's role, because I think P. Diddy earned it in Get Him to the Greek, where he basically played Ice Cube's character from 21 Jump Street. And so I think that 21 Jump Street maybe doesn't go as far without that character having said that it's still fantastic um i i like what they did with it i like how they referenced the original the fact that they had some of the original cast in it um i thought it was great i genuinely believe that book smart is a better movie i i will ask you this before i uh give my answer did did you know that was johnny mm. depp before the reveal that it was johnny depp no, but I kind of feel like I should have because, just because of the fact they kept panning to those guys all the time, it seemed weird that they were getting lines is all I'm getting at. Like, like what they seemed like was the all the background characters from Happy Gilmore where it's like, Shooter's gonna choke! And it's like, why did, why did we need that random guy to say that one time? You know what I mean? Happy Gilmore does that almost unintentionally, whereas like 21 Jump Street, there was a reason behind it. Um, cause yeah, those guys having lines up to that point made no sense. And then they revealed it's Johnny Depp and it's like, yeah, they, yeah. they very easily could Fair have enough. just even moved the lines around the different biker dudes, but they went back to the same two. Yeah. yeah you're right. It's, I'm not going to lie. I'm, I'm going 21 Gem Street on this and that's, that's... perfectly fine. I'm, I'm not gonna, I'm, I'm going, I'm not going to lie. Uh, much like you're not going to lie in that, um, book smart might be a little bit of recency bias for me. Because it's the best new comedy film I've seen in, well, I don't know. Look at look at this list. Like five right. years, probably. It's the funniest movie I've seen in in probably five years. So, um, yeah, it's it's recency for me because it's the first time uh, a new movie made me laugh to that degree. Uh, but I certainly have appreciation for Twenty One Jump Street and Twenty Two Jump True. Street, quite honestly. But. Okay, okay. the dice. So yeah. you're taking 21 Jump Street? Oh yeah, I guess we have to roll the dice then. Uh, <laughs> I will roll the dice. And we got a Ooh, four! Okay. Book smart! Nice. Cool. And then I guess we gotta do one more on this one. So the other guys, one seed against Bridesmaids, four seed. Um, I'm going the other guys. Yeah, the Little River Band is uh, taking us home for sure with the other guys. Yeah. yeah. I, I'm sure at this point of the episode, for those of you who have still stuck around, that um, you can tell that there's a reason why we've talked about like almost every other movie on this list and have not talked about the other guys. There will be a time and a place to, <laughs> to discuss the other guys. We haven't really needed to yet. It's it's running away so far. Alright. Uh, three seed, get him to the Greek against seven seed, Booksmart. You have the honors. I am taking Get Him to the Greek. I will also take Get Him to the Greek. Ah. Okay. Okay, well, uh, just to recap uh, that... So should we... Should we... What's yeah, that? Go ahead. I was going to say, to, to recap, the, we're down to the uh, Elite Eight. We've got the 1 and 2 seeds out of the 70s, 80s. We've got the 1 and 10 seeds out of the 2000s. We've got the 4 and 6 seeds out of the 90s. And the 1 and 3 seeds out of the 2010s. 
logistically, I suppose we'll go back to the 80s and 70s and then wrap that up with the 1 and 2. Yep. All right. Sounds good to me. So, uh, the finals of the 70s, 80s category. A couple of 1980 releases. Some heavy hitters. Airplane versus This is Spinal Tap. Yeah, I mean, the Elite Eight's not supposed to be easy. So, like... Um... Uh, it's really difficult for me to not go personal preference at this point. It's easier early on, right? But now your heart's in it. Um, I genuinely believe that Airplane is one of the ten greatest comedy movies ever made. I'm pretty sure we did a top ten about this last season when Reg Defio was on the show. Um, and I don't really remember where I put Airplane and if I put it over this is Spinal Tap then or not. Um, but basically what I'm trying to say is my long-winded way of saying this is a this is a debate, I think, for sure. I give the edge to Spinal Tap only because of what it kind of did for the rest of comedy. And I, I, I know that's not a great reason to pick it in this scenario, but I think that Airplane, while very funny, has it's been done like it's it's been replicated whereas spinal tap even the best come after it have to in my opinion failed to live up to um the you know the success that kind of you know spinal tap laid the groundwork for so uh yeah for me it's it's spinal tap i it's it's in my in my conscious memory of of being on this planet, few films have humored me the way that that film has. Yeah, I, I get it. It's one of those things where, you know, Airplane sort of perfected um, deadpan and sarcasm and um, it, it, it built upon the foundation that Monty Python kind of laid out of the outlandish joke, where it really like, you know what I mean, took the movie aside for a few seconds, strayed so fucking far away from the plot just to make this tiny little joke. Almost to the point where it's the first movie that's funny that really doesn't focus on the plot at all. Like, like the plot is is very much background noise to this movie. And I, I think that's genius that they were able to do that. Having said that, this is Spinal Tap as I've said many times on this podcast, started the mockumentary movement, and we probably don't have mockumentaries the way today that we have them. I'm also not so sure that we have musical comedy the way that we have it at this point, which, as I've said about, there are certain types of comedy I I like and I don't like, and musical comedy is really hit and miss to me. Um, More so than sexual humor, there are a lot of bad songs that are supposed to be funny that just... Because the problem is, is you're relying on the tune to be good too, right? Right. If the joke of the song is funny, that's that's great. But if this if the song sucks too, and it's not supposed to suck, then why do I care? Spinal Tap did a great job. But most of its songs are good enough to to make the joke um, hit. I'm going. This is Spinal Tap, but I have full full respect that in saying that we're eliminating Airplane here. Uh, that airplane is a top ten 
greatest comedy movie ever made. It's it's a tough bracket. Yeah, the 80s, 70s, uh, not what I would call a heavy hitter, but these top two seeds uh, earned... Not deep. Yeah, they earned the seeding that they have for a reason, and uh, yeah, that's, that's a tough loss in Airplane. Okay, so this Spinal Tap from 1980 coming out of that division as the champion. We move down to the 2000s. We've got the number one seed, Superbad, from 2008 versus the underdog story of the 10 seed, Tropic Thunder, uh, from the same year. It's super bad for me. i got to be honest with you, as, as I can feel you struggling right now, I think I'm just finding out for the first time after, um, how long have we been friends? Like 20 years or something? I'm finding out for the first time just now how much you like Tropic Thunder. I actually didn't really know that you liked this movie that much. Did, did we not go see it in, in theaters together? Maybe. I don't know. Yeah, that's fair. We probably did. I remember going I, to theaters to like, see it. I just don't remember who I was with. I feel like I didn't appreciate it as much then as I do now. That's <laughs> for sure. Because I remember liking it but not loving it. And I certainly do love it. Don't get me wrong. Um, yeah, it's it's super bad for me, though. There are no real wrong choices at this point. This Jeff. is the Elite Eight for a reason. <laughs> if you, You're right. If you, if you choose Tropic Thunder... <sighs> Uh, it did get here somehow. Yeah. Mostly because random.org or whatever rolled a bunch of even number, odd numbers, whatever one <laughs> you have. It's where it is because it got to uh, face the elite talents of a 7, 15, and 14 <laughs> seed. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, but in a good in a good conference, James. <laughs> oh, why doesn't the NCAA oh, seed? This... This uh, never mind. Like you remember, remember earlier. Like this is NC State. This is Jim Valvano pushing forward a fucking group of misfit underdogs, and these guys are just punching their way forward. You know what I mean? Osiris wants it more. Fucking uh, Tug Speedman wants it more. Les Grossman wants it more. These guys want it. They're fighting. They're scrapping against those against those the rich boy Jonah Hills and your your. Your ugh, Seth Rogans. Well, I'm trying to think if there's any actors that appear in both movies. I don't think so. Uh, much the same that uh, uh, Osiris uh, knows who he is. No, Bill Hader. Sorry, Bill Hader. Sure. <laughs> Sorry, uh, <laughs> Bill Hader's in both. Much the same way that Osiris knows that he's the dude playing the dude disguised as the dude. Uh, I will be taking the dudes from Tropic Thunder in in the finals. Fair enough. Okay, leaving it up to the dice. I am sorry to report that uh, we have rolled a four. Tropic Thunder's Cinderella run coming to an end on the heels of an overtime win from Superbad. The dice was my friend early, and uh, mm-hmm. it no longer is uh, am I finding success with it. Uh, moving to- and you know what? This is this is the one time where uh, you know what Tropic Thunder wasn't able to stretch into overtime because um, <laughs> it was criticized many times for being way too long. True. <laughs> Not by me. Not by me, but by others. Yeah. Uh, so the '90s, uh, which sucked, uh, also produced Ooh, the two uh, one, finals with the lowest seedings. Uh, we got Days Confused at four versus Happy Gilmore at six. I I personally love Happy Gilmore. Like like don't get me wrong, it's one of the most rewatchable comedy movies ever. 
but I would say the same thing for Dazed and Confused. Like I just, I every time I watch it, it, it every time I watch it, it's like I've never seen it before. It, it's so perfectly genius that I just genuinely forget. Like you know what I mean? I I know what's going on. I know they're all going to the party, and I know like you you know, but oh man, that is a tough one. It paves the way for super bad. Like that's a thing, right? It's super bad before super bad gets to be what it is. That's fair. I don't know. What 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 do you think? What are you thinking? I'm going Happy Gilmore. Okay. Um, I don't really have an, a strong argument for it. I I I've always just kind of loved the humor more in Happy Gilmore than I did Days and Confused. And this is a comedy bracket, so I think the comedy has to win out sometimes. Yeah, I'll I'll go Happy Gilmore as well. Um, I I will note that Dazed and Confused, like Airplane, is certainly one of the best comedy movies ever made. It's one of those rare combinations of a movie that is strictly comedy. There's very little to no drama or anything like that in it. It's done in a way that makes you feel a couple things, but you don't really need to if if. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's not a touchy-feely movie. Critics loved it. Everyone I know who's ever seen it loves it. It's it's clearly iconic. But Happy Gilmore is obviously iconic, too. Like, you know, where to begin? Yeah, I guess we'll save the Happy Gilmore comments for later, because it doesn't need to show its work yet. No. Uh, the final bracket, we got the one in three seeds with uh, the other guy, 2010, taking on Get Him to the Greek from 2010. This is the hardest decision I've had to make so far. I will note sure. that uh, three of the four divisions uh, had finalists from the same year going up against each other, which is <laughs> very interesting. That is interesting. Uh, <laughs> um, it might not sound like it, but it is interesting. Um, what 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 would you say? This is not an easy decision. No. I I think if you've never like, seen like, the here's films. The thing, I, Okay, go ahead. If you've never seen the films, I think on a first watch basis, Get Him to the Greek mm. is funnier. Okay, I thought you were going to go the other way with that. I, I don't know, because I, I think there's a lot of shock factor with Get Him to the Greek. You know what I mean? Like Here's what I'll say like about Get Him to the Greek showing up at the LA, you know, the, the Vegas club. Like, that was, there was a shock factor to that, right? Well, I'll say, I'll say very quickly about Get Him of the Greek. What I think is cool is the fact that it's a sequel, but no one, no one, right. you don't need to know that. You don't need to have seen the original. Like, even people who loved the original, um, you know what I mean? Like, they knew. But aside from that, it's it's not painfully obvious until later into the movie. But go ahead. No, I was just like, you're right. Like, it's... I also uh, love the fact that Jonah Hill plays characters in both films. Um, but um... Jonah Hill's in the other guys? Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah, no, I got you. Yeah, yeah, and they're completely different characters. Like that's actually a good point. <laughs> yeah, like they're not. They're, it's not the same guy. It's, there's, there's no, there's no way to say that. Like, oh yeah, he's the same guy. Like that was working at no. a restaurant different in names. Hawaii. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I like low key one of my favorite moments of Get Him to the Greek Man is just when when Jonah Hill gets to his flat in London to pick up uh, pick up um, <laughs> Russell Brand and he just walks onto the terrace. I'm Aldous Snow, the rock star, and he, and he just stands there 
waiting for Jonah Hill to say something, and like he's just like, "Oh, I'm a huge fan," and blah blah blah, and he's like, just like pissed that that's like he's got to like deal with a fan of his. Yeah, he thought he was like going to be dealing with like a professional, and he's just like shaking his head. They said the they said the concert's next. Uh, it's it's in a it's in two weeks, uh, isn't it? Three months from now. He's talking to it like his mom's just mad, like very calmly mad. It's yeah. like, well, that must have been a mistake then. Eh? Like, that, that wasn't that right. wasn't your fault. <laughs> um. Oh man. Like, I, I, at this point, I feel like I'm obligated to reveal the fact that, like, Get Him to the Greek is probably my second favorite comedy movie ever. If you consider Big Lebowski a pure comedy, um, but. Oh, man, I, I fucking love Get Him to the Greek. Like, I, I think it's so funny. Not an outlandish plot, which adds to the humor for me, right? <laughs> like, that that that's very, like, not, not just conceivable, probably based on a true story. That's the fucked up thing, right? Like, this happened, it was like fucking... Multiple times. You know what I mean? Like, like Mick Jagger or something. <laughs> this fucking, this guy, right? Like, like this is very clearly conceivable the other guys isn't super outlandish but it's a lot more complicated right it's 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 interesting because adam mckay did the other guys right and adam mckay's so fucking good at making movies like he made vice he made the big short i've said before i think vice was a bit of a miss but i love the fucking risks he took on it adam mckay's a genius he's an absolute genius and this is the best comedy he ever made but I think I'm going to get him to the Greek, um, because, like I said, uh, musical comedy's hard for me. They did about as flawless as a fucking job in Get Him to the Greek as you could imagine, um, without making it about the music. The music takes the fucking back seat, right? Um, it's this story about the the misfit duo, like the other guys, but I like I like the duo better in Get Him to the Greek. Um, I think they use cameos a little bit better in Get Him to the Greek, but again, the other guys has The Rock and fucking Samuel Jackson jump off a building to their death, spoiler alert. <laughs> so, I, uh, you know, like, these boom, these movies are both in-fucking-credible, but I'm gonna go Get Him to the Greek. I, I'm going Get Him to the Greek uh, only because the first time I watched the other guys, I didn't really get the, like... Part of the plot, and I had to rewatch oh, it. <laughs> oh, James! It took me about eight or ten times. That's the problem with Adam McKay, man. His movies are fucking a little bit too complicated. Like I'm, listen, I, <laughs> I went to school to study plots, essentially, right? I fucking have seen like hundreds and hundreds of complicated fucking movies. Adam McKay's movies are a little too fucking jumpy. That's the only problem with them. And it's why I didn't like Vice. Is I, th- is I think it jumps from time periods way too quickly. Uh, the Big Short is one of the most complicated sort of um, stories ever. And I, I realize it's based off true events. Take 20 extra minutes to fucking explain it for the crowd. And your movie does better. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. He did creative things to make that good, but like even the other, you're right. Like the other guys, the plot almost makes the movie hard to to get until you've seen it a few times. Having said that, 
genius comedy in many other ways. And I've seen it probably 20 times, and I will continue to watch it forever, because I think it's fucking awesome. Oh, there you go. Um, I'm not Noted too sure. Noted Mark Wahlberg hater. Not too sure what... Defending a movie with Mark Wahlberg in it. Building permits have to do with uh, comedy, but... Um, scaffolding permits. Scaffolding. It's actually Sorry. scaffolding sure. permits. No, you, you're right. Um, I will say this, you won't get this reference, but uh, David Wallace from The Office is in it as David Urshan. No, not... Is it David Urshan? I don't know, but he's in it, and uh, it just kills me, the fact that David Wallace is in this movie. David Urshan is played by uh, Coogan. Okay, that's David Urshan. Okay. So. I'm trying to think what David Wallace's character name Well, the actual actor has a name, which, too. But which one's David I Wallace? I call him David Wallace. Uh, I guess I guess I gotta look it up. David Wallace is... He's he's the guy who uh, kills himself. <laughs> he jumps off the he jumps off the building. Mark Wahlberg tells him to jump. Oh yeah. He's like I don't care, and he jumps and um uh, yeah I I can't remember the actor's name right now. It's it's honestly killing me. Um, oh, you go ahead anyway. All uh, right, I'll find it. Well, we're down to our final four. We've got uh, a one seed, a two seed, a three seed. And a six seed. Um, Andy Buckley. There it is. Um, so in the 80s versus 2000s category, uh, we've got uh, the second seed. This is Spinal Tap from 1980 taking on the 2008 number one seed, Superbad. Your thoughts, sir? You want mine first? I want yours first. Not sure I have any yet. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know that. That's not that's not an easy one. It's really difficult for me to make a case against Superbad. Is the problem? I I I don't really think Superbad has many weaknesses to it. It's uh, there isn't a dry moment in the movie. The, the whole movie front to back is just hysterical, right? And not that this is Spinal Tap isn't the same thing, but I think I think it's not as funny, to be honest with you. I think the premise of Spinal Tap is smarter, but I think the execution on Superbad, not that this is Spinal Tap misses the mark, but I think the execution's better on Superbad. I think I'm gonna go super bad to be honest. Which which I need to I need to add I believe I own four copies of This Is Spinal Tap, just so everyone understands. I do love that movie. Somehow I keep misplacing a copy of it and then ordered another one to find out that I've now through quarantine and cleaning found all four copies. So <laughs> anyone needs a copy of This Is Spinal Tap Please contact. Yeah. Actually, well, I should say I have three. One of them is at the Fraser household. Household. I gave it to uh, Matt Fraser. But I have three more. Hmm. Do you need a copy? Uh, I have one. I am going to go on a limb here. And I, I could be wrong. I, I, I would have to re, you know review all 63 other films. I think This Is Spinal Tap is the funniest film that I have seen on this list. And as a result, in a comedy bracket, I am voting This Is Spinal Tap. Now, 
more crucial, I have to clarify, um, on this list, are you implying that there are funnier movies not on the list? I guess I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> okay. No, that's that's what I thought you were saying. Is like, well, there, you know, I, <laughs> I really liked Shaun of the Dead. Uh, okay, so you're gonna go Spinal Tap. I'm gonna go Super Bad. The dice has rolled. Uh, the lucky number three. That's wild. Uh, which would, would signify that this is Spinal Tap is the uh, is the winner in overtime. That is so. absolutely wild. I, I hate to see it come down to the dice roll. For any of these films, I I gotta be honest with you. I sort of assumed Superbad was gonna win from the get go. I I didn't see a way that it it didn't win, but here we are. Honestly, I took Superbad and the other guys. I thought we were gonna be our final two, and this is why you do brackets, baby. <laughs> this is why you do brackets. Sometimes you never know. That's very true. Um, all right, to the other bracket we go, we've got the six seed Happy Gilmore from 1996 versus Get Him to the Greek, the three seed from 2010. Yeah, it's Get Him to the Greek for me. No contest, eh? No, it actually isn't. I, I love Happy Gilmore, but it's not a, this isn't, uh, this isn't one I had to weigh within myself very quickly or very long, I mean. I understand that. Um, I, too, will go get into the Greek. Um, uh, no real need to dive into it. I, I, I honestly, like, call it recency bias if you want to. I, I think it's the better film. No, no literally, if, if someone wants, we'll do a whole fucking episode about Happy Gilmore. I don't give a fuck. I love it. It's great. It's just not as good. You're allowed to like something and it not be the best ever. That's why James's favorite player of all times, Gary Roberts, and mine is... Marty St. Louis. <laughs> yeah, well, only one of those you know, two players has scored a triple overtime, yeah, you know, winning goal. But um, <laughs> I don't, I don't know if that's even true. But all right, is that Gary Roberts scored? Was Mart was? Yeah, no, but I thought uh, I thought game six was triple overtime. Maybe it was single overtime then. Which game? St. Six? Louis to to send game to force game seven with the Flames in the O four Cup final. Oh yeah, that was no. Well, St. Louis was on the. I think that was single. Was on time. the. Okay, I thought I don't know why I always thought it was triple. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, yeah, no, it's it's get him with the Greek. It's not really a contest for me. I, I, it's just uh, a great movie. There it is, <laughs> like front to back. That leaves us with the final bracket of the two seed. This is Spinal Tap from 1980, taking on a film 30 years later. Get into the Greek, the three seed. That uh, that's that's a musical matchup. That is. Here I am saying I don't like musical comedy, and then that's our final uh, our final two. Double overtime for the record was Saint Louis' goal. Um. Well, what are your thoughts? I'm going. This is Spinal Tap. It's not a super wide margin in my opinion and if it loses I will definitely uh, concede the fact that Get Him the Greek deserves to be where it is uh, but I I don't wonder if Spinal Tap, like if, if there's no Spinal Tap is there a Get Him the Greek and if there is, is it as funny as it is I could be totally totally wrong on this I, well, I, you know. well, well look, look like 
we can obviously agree on the fact that they're very similar in the types of comedy, in a way. It's just a matter of presentation is different, I think, because um, they're both about <laughs> drunk British rockers <laughs> being a disaster and singing borderline awful songs that everyone seems to like for some reason. So, the basic plot of the movie is the same. Um, I definitely get where you're coming from, but it's it's definitely worth noting that these are very similar movies in their plots. Yeah, you know, you're right. Um, I, I I think that's the 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 advantage Spinal Tap has to it is it it sets itself up as you know this this documentary, and it's it sticks to it. Whereas Get Into the Greek is oh, it's all about this guy that's got to get to L.A. to play this show, and oh, by the way, there's this side story with Jonah Hill and his girlfriend, and there's this side story with Aldous Snow and Jackie Q, and uh, I, I find this Spinal Tap is more tightly knit into its, you know, plot in terms of, you know, where the story goes, and it delivers on it, I, I think, whereas Get the Greek needs those outside factors to kind of make its way to the end result, which is fine. And, you know, that's not to say that movies shouldn't do that or they can't do that, but I, I find it more effective when, you know, Spinal Tap comes in and and says, this is what we are, this is what we're going to be. If you don't like it, stop now. And I, I loved it. Yeah. Spinal Tap still does have the, the girl problems, like Get Him to the Greek does. And... Spinal Tap also still has the issues with, you know, the band maybe breaking up. And, like, again, I still think the themes are still quite similar. Like, there is the issue in both movies about whether or not, you know, these these concerts are going to happen. Whether or not these final dates are going to happen kind of thing. And, it, again, I just, I think the themes are incredibly similar. To me, it's more just the technical breakdown from the standpoint of... I, I get what you're saying, that you like the way the story's told better, but I just, I don't necessarily, if I agree with the reasonings that you're citing, but what else, what I'll say to kind of wrap this all up, and to go back to what you mentioned at the beginning of your points, is that Spinal Tap exists, so get him to the Greek can exist. And it's not one of those things where I'm so sure that Get Him to the Greek exists the way that it does without Spinal Tap. You know, I would have to imagine that everyone involved with the movie is familiar with Spinal Tap to one degree or another, and um, it's just hard for me to imagine many people have made uh, a movie like that that wouldn't be familiar with Spinal Tap, because it is kind of loosely based on Spinal Tap in a, in a way. Like, like, Judd Apatow is the person who put get him to the greek together and he's clearly a comedic god like he's an absolute god so he he knew what he was doing and he knew he's seen the fucking movie so i i will go spinal tap because i think it is genuinely i think it's genuinely the most influential comedy movie ever made i don't know that it's the best but it's certainly the most influential and i think that springs forward the rest of the comedy which is already solid right yeah. Like, like, it's just going going back to what... Like, going back to the whole point. Because we're trying to discuss what's the best movie. 
And what what is a point you can fucking make against Spinal Tap? What what point is there? There isn't one. No. I, I really don't think there's much of a knock you can have on the movie. Um, you know, a couple of the actors have had personal issues. That's about it. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Other than that, it's, it's, it's fucking perfect. I'm probably going to watch it tonight. <laughs> there it is. Um, I'm just as God made me, sir. <laughs> it's good to have a good piece of wood between your hands. You, you twisted little fruit. Uh, I'm just as God made me. Forget, forever hating myself for not asking uh, Paul Schiffer to kick my ass when I met him in person. Um, mm-hmm. There it is, Spinal Tap, 1980, uh, voted uh, the greatest uh, comedy film uh, by the Laced Up podcast. Um, honorable mentions to Get Him the Greek, Happy Gilmore, and Superbad, uh, rounding up the top four. Fucking um, good final four, though. Oh, that's unreal. Like, real good final that's four. That's unreal. That's 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 the one thing, right? I was worried if the bracket was gonna get, because you're you're like that's the issue with brackets, right? It's the issue with March Madness. You're comparing two teams in a context. It's not so much in the in the grand scheme. It's in a context, and uh, I still think four really good movies prevailed here. There you go. Um, so we've got a few other brackets in mind that we're gonna give uh, to you fine people uh, in the coming uh, days or so. Um, the other episodes will be shorter. This is just a... We feel very passionate about these exactly. things. But I'm not I'm not so passionate about some of the other things that we have to discuss yeah. as much as I am comedy movies, so... And, uh... I don't know. Maybe maybe we should open it up to the the, the floor to the people. Uh, put out a vote of, of sorts. Uh, nominate your own topic for uh, a March Madness bracket sure. and, and have us break it down for you. Uh, but if if not, if there's no traction, we've got a few things up our sleeves. We'll be back next week with some more hockey content. Um, there has been some news, I suppose, despite uh, the the lack of a, of a season. And yeah, um, yeah, we, we well, will, well, what what we're what we're kind of thinking is we're going to put together a few more of these bracket episodes. They're going to be bonus, and they're going to be on top of other things we're going to do. So we're not going to do like a regular episode this this week. We're just going to do a few of these bonus ones. Next week, we're probably going to touch base about a few things that have happened. I don't really want to get into them right now because I know we'll open up a can of worms. Yeah. So, but yeah, no, there's there's going to be plenty more content while we wait for this to to happen to to get through it. I guess I don't know. Yeah. Please, uh, so. please feel free to reach out and uh, directly tell us yeah. uh, why uh, Ghostbusters should have won. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. I, I, well, I mean, if you want to reach out to James and tell him that, but you're not going to get much of a fucking response from me, that's for sure. Um, if you, yeah, if you want to contact us about um, a, an episode that you would like to hear uh, in terms of a bonus topic of any kind. Um, a bracket series, anything like that, uh, you can uh, message us on Twitter at at LacedUpPod. Uh, you can also text me or James directly if you have our number, but other than that, um, the best way is going to be through the Twitter account, for sure. Yeah. Uh, I have nothing to plug. I write about hockey. There is no hockey to write about. Um, uh, I can only write so many nostalgic articles, so I haven't written much in a little while. I uh, plug? I fixed my bike. If you see me out, out outside riding it, please don't oh, yeah? please don't stop me. Um, I'm going somewhere, evidently. 
And um, I would uh, love to go for a bike ride with you. My bike's at work. That, that is, is dust. Uh, that is not open right now, so I have no way to get it. Just one less thing for me to do. Uh, okay, yeah, we'll, I don't know, we'll be back in a couple days. Probably. So, see you later. Yeah. I'm telling you, this place is perfect. You're going to make friends in no time. <laughs>